0: What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode. If anybody listening, no, I can't say that. I was about to listen. I was about to say the least listened to podcast in San Antonio, but I was say that was the tagline that I put for uh Who Cares. So I can't. Man, I got to come up with some original shit, dog. I could swear, I, I could swear that I'm more original than that. But anyway. Yeah, so welcome back to another episode of Anybody Listening. Is anybody still listening? What womp, womp, womp. Um, I know I put out a, a pretty shocking hate episode. Eh, not really that shocking, I should say. Um, didn't garner the reaction that I thought it was going to, sadly. Um, no, man, I, I really thought a lot of people would have a lot of problems, uh, or at least some of y'all would have some problems with it, um, about the astrology and the Disney and everything like that. But I'm assuming... I'm taking your silence as compliance. Um, that all of you guys are okay with me uh, threatening to rip people's throats out, and uh, and all of you guys are in agree in ag- agreement with me that astrology people are the worst people in the world, and and so are Disney adults and whatnot. So, so yeah. So because you guys don't interact with none of the fucking shit that I post, um, you guys just listen to the show, which is means the world to me. But I'm taking your silence as that you agree with every single thing that I say. Um, Because again, just like with serious allegations, remaining silent is the wrong thing to do. You always have to speak up and speak your truth, people. You heard it here first. So anyway, but no, um, yeah, um, the episode got 30 plays, which I'm pretty surprised. In, In one week, it got 30. Um that that's pretty cool usually it takes it takes a while for it to to get at least to twenty um so I'm pretty impressed that we're already at uh, thirty plays at the time of recording this um or hell maybe some of y'all listen to the show and don't like the show anymore and that's why you guys didn't want to say anything but i I make those hate episodes mostly to make me laugh um and to be honest with you, I can't even remember half the shit that I even said in that past episode to begin with um But yeah, like I say most of that stuff just to make me laugh, but you know, there's that little part of me that wants the, you know, that wants people to kind of be shocked and be like, God damn, David, that was offensive. I don't know if I could forgive you and this kind of stuff. So, eh, whatever, whatever. We tried. At least it wasn't like the first hate episode, right? Um, which surprisingly, um... The my bad, uh, the the my apology quote unquote uh, episode for the hate episode is still one of my is still one of my top listened to episodes, which is pretty interesting. Um, but anyway, so yeah, um, today's episode I don't have a whole lot, and when I say I don't have a whole lot, I mean that in the sense of like this episode's not going to have like an overall theme. You know, how, like, I'll talk about sports or I'll talk about, like, you know, the things that I hate, the things that I love. Um, I, don't, I don't really have a generalized topic. Um, I don't, I, I, my brain's just kind of been um, all over the place. I've been thinking a lot. There's some cool changes that are happening that I'm gonna talk to about at the end of the episode. Um, but I do have enough content written down here that I think we could go for a little bit. Um, if this is a short episode... I apologize. I I didn't mean for it to be a short episode. I know you guys like the lengthy ones, um. But let's go ahead and get right into it. So, a personal change that I want to make, which is something kind of really random. It's kind of like, oh okay, but it makes sense, right? Um, I want to stop drinking energy drinks or like, I, excuse me, I I want to stop drinking monsters. You know, um, I. It's always weird because I don't I, – I'm a morning person in the sense that like it, when I can – I wake up and I'm awake. You know what I mean? Like I can start doing stuff. My body, however, is still asleep. Like my mind is just like god damn it. Like here we go. Like I need a kick in the ass. But like just my mind – like I personally can be like, yeah, let's go. Like here's a road trip. Okay, here's this. Let me go stand outside for six hours. You know, Like let me go do this. Let me go do that. Like I can get up and start doing stuff right away, but it's just internally, it fucking sucks and I have no energy. So I do turn, I turn to the monster, the, the M or the 666. And if you've seen those stupid ass church ladies talk about it, um, I turn to that and, and I've been drinking monster and I've been drinking energy drinks since I was in middle school. It's probably, it's no, excuse me. It's not probably, I know it's what stunted my growth. I definitely could be over six feet right now if it wasn't for fucking energy drinks. Um, I, once I got hooked, I got hooked. Oh, my God. I fell in love with them. So, but yeah, as of now, as a 26-year-old man, um, it, it definitely need, I definitely need some little bit of a kick in the ass to get going. And I turned to a monster. Um, Leslie Leslie doesn't like that I drink Monster mostly because of how sugary it is um, and just how like unhealthy those energy drinks are. Um, you know, but I, I, I can't drink coffee. Uh, coffee just tastes too bitter. Even, even if you put a bunch of cream and fucking sugar and you pretty much just milk it down to where it's not even coffee anymore, I could still taste the coffee, the aftertaste of it. And it's still super bitter. I don't like coffee. Um, it's no, nothing against you. If you do like coffee, just, it's not for dole it's not for old David Clare over here. So, um, yeah, I can't get into it, but monster is the only thing that I always go back to. And, but when I was younger, energy drinks didn't give me energy and I never really got sugar rushes or sugar highs or where I was bouncing off the walls. Even when I ate candy, like I never really was like that. I was never really hyperactive as a kid with a bunch of sugar. Um, so yeah, so with monsters, I was just drinking them. They were just like extra sugary sodas. Like, um, I did, as a kid, you know, I did understand that, like, hey, these are way more unhealthy, you know, the fucking can says don't consume more than three in a day, um, you know, it it definitely, it definitely, I was like, okay, yeah, I have to take it easy with these things, but did I? No, because it was the taboo thing, it looked... You know, cause I always saw adults drinking monsters and red bulls and things like that. So I thought, Ooh, like this is so grown up of me. This is so ooh risque of me drinking energy drinks. And I drank them all the fucking time. Um, and it was pretty gross. I was drinking them morning, afternoon, nighttime, any time of the day I was drinking them and feeling perfectly fine. Um, now I get through one and I get the energy. I'm like, Oh shit. Yes. Like I'm awake. Here we go. I don't get a crash. Even as a kid, I never got crashes off of energy drinks. Um, you know, you would see the commercials with the five, the five hour energy and all that bullshit. Um, I never got crashes even still to this day, but as I'm getting older, I'm like, damn, I can't keep drinking monsters like this. Like, you know, at least once to twice a week, and, you know, cause I could definitely feel like my, my insides dying as I drink the monster. So I, you hear about all the time of these, now these sugar free and these healthy, you know, natural energy drinks and whatnot. Today I tried, and I think it's, I think it's a brand new energy drink as well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, cause I've seen, I've seen them popping up around HEB a lot more frequently. So I think it's new. A ghost ghost, uh, the brand now has an energy drink. I knew them as I recognized Ghost as a, like a workout supplement. Oh, excuse me. Like I knew they had pre-workouts. I knew they had, um, like whey protein and all that good stuff. But yeah, I guess now they're putting out energy drinks and they're doing the energy drinks. Cause what they're famous for is they have like, you know, like candy flavors and stuff in their pre-workouts. So yeah, so they have a couple different flavors uh, put out for their energy drink. So I see them at H-E-B all the time, every time we go grocery shopping, and I'm always like, hmm, I want to try them, but they're sugar-free, they're marketed as healthy, and this, this, and that, and I just, a lot, nine times out of ten, those healthy drinks and those healthy things just don't taste good, subjectively to me. I don't like them. You can tell, yeah, this is missing sugar, like, yeah, this is missing What makes something good like and I don't like it. So I I went grocery shopping yesterday on Saturday by myself and I was like, you know what? Leslie's not here because she doesn't like when I even look at them. She's just like, babe, come on, let's just go. So I'm just like, so I threw two of them in the cart and I was like, we're going to try them out. We're going to see how they taste. So I picked out the the ghost blue raspberry sour patch kid flavor and i picked up the ghost watermelon sour uh warhead flavor they have they have a red they have a, a the red berry um sour patch kid they have some tropical mango one and then i think they have another flavor i think there's a fifth flavor i don't know but those are the two i picked the blue sour patch kid and the watermelon uh warhead so today, when I woke up, I tried the, the watermelon, or excuse me, I tried the blue, the blue Sour Patch Kid. Tasted good. It has a distinct flavor. It doesn't taste like a Sour Patch Kid. It has, and Leslie took a sip of it, and we both said the same thing. It has a distinct flavor, a memorable distinct flavor, but I can't put my mouth on or my finger on what it tastes like. And I've consumed many a Blue Sour Patch Kid in my life. It does not taste like a Blue Sour Patch Kid. It tastes like something else. And it's so weird, and it's probably even redundant to even talk about it on this segment right now. But it's like you're thinking, okay, well, what? Then what's the point of even telling us? But, yeah, I don't know. It has a weird flavor to it that's like, hmm, what is this? It tasted good. I got about, like, three-fourths of the way of the can And my stomach started hurting like it, like my stomach felt weird. And I was just kind of like, Ooh, like it wasn't like a bubble guts or like a, like I had to go shit or like I had to fart or nothing. I just had a very weird sense of like sensation in my stomach and I didn't like it. And I stopped drinking it. I dumped the rest of it out uh, into the sink. Leslie didn't want to top it off. So she was like, no. And so I dumped it out and now it's making me scared to try the other flavor. So I don't know. I don't know if it it obviously wasn't the sugar because there's no sugar in it. And I read the label. It doesn't have any anything really unhealthy. Um, So, I mean, it just has all the the bullshit that, you know, gives you energy and whatnot. Um, So I don't know. I really don't know what it was. I'm hoping it was just that flavor. Maybe it was just whatever flavor syrup they use for that. I don't know. But um, probably tomorrow I'll try out the, the Watermelon Warhead flavor, and uh, we'll see what's going on there. And then I'll talk about it on the next episode next week, so we'll see there. Um, but yeah, so I've seen Ghost a lot. Like, they're, they're, you know, a sugar-free energy drink. I refuse to drink any more Bang. I remember when Bang started popping up everywhere. I tried a couple of the different flavors, like the Cotton Candy. That was Gross. Um, their limeade, cherry limeade one or something like that. That one was gross. And I'm just like, yeah, two, two strikes. You're out for me. Um, so I'm not going to care. I don't care about bang. I don't care about what new flavors they have or nothing. Uh, fuck bang. There's, there's G fuel, uh, where it's G fuel. Um, they sell, they have some pre-made cans of their formulas or you can buy them. They look like pre-workouts, um, you know, in little tubs like that. But usually, gamers and streamers use that stuff, and it's not exclusive just to them. But it's like those are the people that um, you see always are sponsored by G Fuel. They're always the ones promoting it. Use my code and this, this, and that. Um, which use Code Hive, by the way. Um, it's not my code. It's uh, Saving the Bees, Bardock Obama on Twitter's code. So save, uh, use Code Hive, and if you don't, rip to you. But yeah, G Fuel, I always see so much about it. It's always on my feed, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You always see ads for it on Twitch. It's just kind of like, is this stuff really good? And it's hard to really trust those people that say G Fuel is good because nine times out of 10, if someone's recommending G Fuel to you, it's because they're sponsored by G Fuel. And it's like, hey, well, yeah, you have to tell me that it's good. So that way you don't lose your sponsorship. You're getting paid and you're getting free shit from them. So I don't know, I don't know. Um, plus two, there's that, there's that whole like, well, I'm not even a, a gamer or a Twitch streamer, so can I even drink it anyway? Um, so I don't know. I uh, and plus two, they're kind of pricey on G Fuel, and I just don't really like online shopping. I, I I'm more of like, if I want to buy it, I want to buy it right then and there and have it physically tangible right then and there. I'm just not a big person. I'm very impatient when it comes to buying things and waiting for it to come in. You know, I just want it rent. Boom, boom, boom. Like I will travel to like 10 different Walmarts. Well, when I used to buy DVDs and stuff or video games, like I would travel to 10 different Walmarts or five different, you know, best buys to physically get a copy of whatever I was looking for. You know, I don't like not having it when I'm looking for it. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Is there any sugar-free or healthy, delicious-tasting energy drinks out there that you guys try? Um, I'm down to try anything right now, to be honest with you. Uh, So far, I'm still leaning towards Monster as my (laughs) go-to, which is redundant to begin with. Um, But yeah. And you know what's funny? Like I still remember the first time I ever tried an energy drink. It was called like mad joker or something like that it was a cheap generic energy drink from like i think like dollar general or something or family dollar and if i'm not mistaken i think my uncle roger gave it to me because i remember one of my friends uh one of my best friends throughout middle school um his name is jacob and he drank energy drinks all the time he always had a monster or a full throttle he always had some sort of energy drink and he was always he was always buying them for me, and then he would come over to my parents' house because I mean we lived in the same neighborhood. He was just on the other the street in front of us. Um, he would always come over and he would bring me one. But then my mom would take it and put it back in his backpack and say like No, you're not drinking this. Like No, you're not drinking energy drink." So it was kind of just like, Ugh, okay, fine. And like, and that was still when I was at the age where I was just like, I didn't like doing a whole lot of stuff behind my parents' back. Um, because I I like to think of myself as a good innocent kid So the only like bad thing I was doing behind my parents back was like watching porn like, you know When they would leave to go to the grocery store or you know When they were still at work when we get home from school jump on the computer and look at porn That was the only thing that I really did that was like a secretive thing But in, in like cussing too like I cussed with my friends, you know, but that was always like ooh That's as taboo as I got energy drinks for some reason morally, I couldn't do it. Right. So, and I remember my uncle Roger, I think he gave me one because I think my mom said something in front of my aunt and uncle and we're at like a little family barbecue or something. And he was like, Oh, you want to try an energy drink? And he gave me one. And I remember I was like, Oh shit. So I snuck it, like I snuck it home in my pant pocket, like in my jeans pocket, you know? And that was when I still wore like very baggy jeans. So you couldn't tell. So then I, you know, I put it in the fridge, I hid it in the fridge. So that way it would stay cold even though it was pointless with this next part because we had an early release day and I put it in my backpack and I'm like, I'm going to drink it when we get out of school for early release day. And we got off the bus and I cracked it open. It was all hot. It was all nasty. And, but to me it was like, Oh, like it tasted really good. And it was a generic one. And my buddy Jacob, Hey, let me try that one. He tried it. Yeah, this is okay, but it's not as good as Monster. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, Well, bro, he's like, you know, your parents are at work, my parents are at work. Let's walk to the Valero and you know, let's go get a monster. And I was all like, okay. So I freaking chugged that Joker energy drink. We walked over to Valero and he bought me my first ever green monster. The green, the OG, the green one. And I opened it, drank it. <gasps> oh again, like seeing double, I was like, This is amazing. Like I saw God, and so from that moment on that's just be- that monsters became my obsession so anytime anytime I would go spend the night at his house, which was almost like every weekend, and vice versa like we were always taking turns spending the night at each other's house, um, we would like we would go play basketball at the elementary school in our neighborhood Mernon, and uh, we would then we would walk to Valero to get a monster to to relax ourselves after a, a good game of basketball. And I started getting, you know, started trying out the different flavors, picking, you know, you know, I started doing the full throttle, the rock stars. I never got into Red Bull. Red Bull never was my thing. Um, even as a kid, I was like, ugh, like even now, I'm still like, ugh, I don't like Red Bull. Um, but yeah, I was trying all these different flavors, all these different things, and but monster was always my go-to. Eventually, I there was a couple times where I accidentally walked in the front door drinking a monster, and I was like, oh. But my parents were like, "Oh, well, whatever, like whatever, drink it in moderation, on moderation." But I to them I was drinking in a moderation, but on on the outside, the real me, I was chugging them like a motherfucker. Um and then yeah, Monster Chaos, the orange juice flavor, that ended up becoming my uh my favorite one. Still to this day is my favorite Monster flavor. It come it comes and goes in waves. I find it every now and then out in gas stations and stuff. But whenever I do, that's a must. I have to get that one. So, yeah, so I started drinking them all the time, just 24-7. And I remember one Christmas, my Aunt Beatty, she got me, like, I want to say, like, not, like, nine or ten Monster Cans. My mom was livid. Because my, my mom hated about how many of those I drank. So my mom was fucking furious. and But to me, I was like, this is the best Christmas ever. Oh, my God, Monsters. And I remember... Because I was like, oh, I have so many, I can drink a few. I drank five in one day and I was throwing up green all night long. Like I was just puking my brains out and it was just like, and that was like, (sighs) I want to say freshman year. Yeah. I want to say freshman year is when this happened or when that, when I got that Christmas gift, either eighth grade or freshman year. And I just fucking, I was like, that's it. I'm done with energy drinks. Like it, it killed the bug for me. And then this is another bad thing. Cause I always talked about how much soda I drank. So yeah, I was drinking tons of soda and tons of energy drinks at the same exact time. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Right. Who, who could even think about that? That's gross. So yeah. So as I, and like I said, as I started getting older and I didn't drink energy drinks for years, years and years and years. When Leslie and I started dating, she never saw me drink an energy drink. Um, and it wasn't until the Vegas trip when we drove to Las Vegas for EDC. That was the first time since 2009, 2010 that I drank an energy drink. And then I was like, oh, my God, this actually gave me energy. And from then on, I, I drink, um, like I say, like one to, one to two cans a week um, very sporadically. Um, yeah, I wouldn't even say one to two cans a week. I would probably say 1 to 2 cans a month because it's not it's not very often. It's only when I have to wake up like extra early, that's when I'll drink a monster or like I'll I'll buy one the night before and then, you know, wake up and drink it for breakfast, which that sounds bad already. But yeah, um it's not it's not a whole lot now, but even even as as little as I drink now, I still want to recognize and kind of move to something healthier. So, I don't know, like I said, I digress a lot here. Um, if you guys have anything that you guys like, or you guys drink, let me know. But speaking of my health, if you guys don't have me on Facebook or social media or nothing, I got my second dose of the COVID vaccine this past Thursday, May 20th. Yeah. woo! Fully vaccinated. Way to go, David. Way to go. Again, getting vaccinated wasn't my choice per se. It was kind of like a, Hey, everyone like, you're getting it, you know, my parents forced me to get it. They signed me up. Um so yeah, so but whatever, right? Now I got it. Now I can walk around without a mask per the CDC. I can start being free. I can I can stop being oppressed. Now that I got my microchip, I can start being who I am again. Yeah, whatever, right? But yeah, no. Um so yeah, so I had my I had my second dose, which actually showed up to my appointment late, almost half an hour late. Um, cause I overslept. My appointment was at ten forty in the morning, and I woke up at ten fifty two. So yeah, that sucked. Uh, but it, not really because um, I got it at the Walmart and Helotes. They didn't even check the time. They did not care. It was just I checked in. They gave me the shot and then waited fifteen minutes there, and then I could leave. So, but yeah, um, I got the second dose. I'm not gonna lie, this one actually did fuck me up not only uh, cuz like I was talking you know I talked a lot of shit but like as I said every time who knows right everybody handles it different I don't know what to expect so you know um cuz the first shot I wasn't sore I didn't feel sick nothing the second shot it hurt he gave me the shot and then after the 15 minutes when I started walking back to my car I was like damn yeah my arm does feel a little it feels like a little knot, right? Like it feels like a knot right where he where he gave me the shot and the eject in the ejection site. So I got home and my arm was just super sore. I was like, God damn, yeah, that's fucking rough. Like, oh shit, like my arm is killing me right now. So then, you know, I'm laying on the couch and I'm watching TV and I'm on my phone and I'm I'm dozing off and whatnot, and I'm like, oh okay, whatever. So I go back to the bedroom and I don't like taking naps on the couch by the way. And if I if I'm falling asleep on the couch, I move to the bedroom. And I was kind of like, okay, cool, whatever. I say that as I fucking yawn. Oh my god. Oh shit. It's not even 5.30 on a Sunday and I'm already yawning. So anyway. So yeah, so I ended up taking a nap and I woke up and I was just like, God, I, I was like, I had the chills. I was like, my arm was just on fire. I was like, damn it. I am fucking dying here. Good God almighty. And yeah, and I just felt horrible. And uh, Leslie, I'd missed some calls and texts from Leslie. Leslie was all like, hey, my parents are making lasagna. Do you want to come over tonight? And I'm like, no, babe. I was like, I'm just going to eat something here at the house. You, you go over. And again, like fucking like I fell back asleep. I was like, good God almighty. I was out. I was down for the count and friday the day after was even worse i had i had an actual fever i fucking i my arm i could barely move my arm it fucking hurt it was horrible and it didn't stop feeling that way till about saturday morning saturday yesterday morning i should say yesterday morning it started i started coming down from it and i was kind of like okay cool like here we go like now i feel a lot better but yeah, the second COVID shot took me down for the count, dog. It it really fucked me up, um, which is what a lot of people said. So um, so yeah, so you hear you hear it first from me, because you guys know I'm built different. I'm fucking I'm ge- I'm a genetic freak. I'm a genetic fucking freak like Scott Steiner, baby, Papa. You know, big Papa Pump. But yeah, no. Um, again, it affects everybody different. Cause I know my dad, he got the second dose and he didn't feel sick at all from what he was telling me. So, um, who knows, right? Who knows? And it, it was just, I got Moderna. I don't know if that was a factor. Um, Leslie is actually going to be getting her shot soon. She's going to be getting it at the end of the month. Um, she's going to be getting Pfizer. So we're going to kind of see, you know, who, who handles what better. Um, but yeah, Leslie rarely gets sick. She doesn't get sick a whole lot, so I, I think she'll be fine. Um, plus two, she was with me, you know, before I tested positive with COVID. Um, you know, she was around me twenty four seven, and she never got COVID. She always tested negative, so I think that's pretty cool. Um, that or just weird, strange that she never got it. But anyway, but yeah, now that I have the second dose, you know, it, it, there's all this talk, and it's like a debate. It's like a political debate now. It's like, who's still going to wear a mask? Who, who's not going to wear a mask? You know, because like I said, you know, uh, the CD, or like everybody knows by now, you know, the CDC has a, you know, saying that, hey, you no longer have to wear a mask if you're fully vaccinated, you know, and Walmart, Walmart, you can start going in without a mask, you know, for fully vaccinated customers. You know, that's just one example. A lot of places now are not going to be requiring a mask anymore. They're just politely asking like, hey, please still wear a mask. And Governor Greg Abbott has come out and said that, you know, ple- you know, places, you know, and local governments and this, this, and that can no longer enforce that stuff, you know, which is fucking coincidental that he says, you know, Texans should have control of their body. Lo and behold, he's fucking banning abortions. But anyway, um, before we get into all that kind of BS, but yeah, I just think it's, I don't know. I don't, again, masks just aren't really a political thing. They never have been. They never will be. Um, but it, it's just so crazy to see how fucking demonized a piece of fabric has become, you know, with during this whole pandemic. It's, it's just so weird. Um, to me, I really don't know. I'm I don't want to say I'm torn because I'm not like, oh, my God, should I to to wear or to not wear a mask? It's not that I'm torn. I just I don't know. My stance on masks are like, yeah, masks are important. Yeah. Wear a mask when you're around people. Don't be gross. But now that I'm fully vaccinated, I know being vaccinated isn't a guarantee that I won't catch it again or anything like that. It's to help my body fight, fight it off faster. But now I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. I, I've still been wearing my mask. When I, got, when I walked into Walmart, I got, my, I got my shot wearing my mask. I waited the 15 minutes wearing my mask. I left the store wearing my mask. I went to Walmart twice today to pick – or yesterday, I went to the grocery store, did grocery shopping. I wore my mask. I went to Walmart today to pick up a couple things, wore my mask, forgot one thing, went rent back in, wore my mask. So I don't know. I think it's just a force of habit now. I really think for me to not wear my mask, I'd really have to be like, no, you're not wearing a mask and like go in. But then there's that whole there's that whole stigma of – oh, should I wear my mask or I'm going to keep wearing my mask so that way I don't look like a Republican? And I'm like, well, that's dumb. I I know most people say it as a joke, but I just don't think it's funny. I think it's stupid. You know? Again, I don't lean – I lean more democratic, but really do I have a party? Not really. Um, I, I think that's a stupid excuse to wear a mask because that seems kind of like petty. It seems kind of vain to me. I'm going to wear a mask so I don't look like a conservative. That way I don't look like a Trump supporter. I'm like, okay, get, you're the only people bringing up Trump still. Everybody's fucking moved on. Get over it. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think of it that way. I think to me, if I'm like, like if I forget to wear my mask, it's not the end of the world to me personally. Um, you know, I think I'm still going to be very mindful I think if like, if I cause I go to QT a lot, you know, to get gas and I run inside and grab like a candy bar or a soda or something. Like if I were to run in real quick to QT and like, I forgot my mask and I don't catch it, I won't be like, Oh my God, Oh my God. And even at that QT hasn't been enforcing masks for a long time, but I still go in there with my mask. I think, I think it really is just a matter of like, if I remember to or not, cause I, I, I'm not really going to remember, you know? Um, but I think it's just such a it's such a habit now to put on a mask that I, I think it's gonna take and that's how a lot of people I think realistically feel that it's just to remember to take the mask off, I guess. But I don't know, do whatever the fuck you wanna do. You know what I mean? Um obviously if you're if you know you're gonna be in a very crowded place, wear your fucking mask. Don't spread your nasty germs, um, you know, and that's a personal choice for me too. So, like, if I feel like, hey, you know what, if I do go to the movie theater or if I do go, you know, to, you know, to a crowded restaurant or bar or something, I, for my safety, am going to wear a mask because I don't know what other people are going to be spreading their germs around and things like that. I it's it, and I think that's what this always has been. It's been wear a mask to protect yourself, like, because whether you're sick or not. You don't know what other people have. And that's the crazy thing about this whole pandemic is that it's changing the game for everything. Because think about how gross and close to people you would get next to and just regular grocery store, gas stations, and a restaurant and public and this, this and that. When you think about it realistically, it's pretty gross. I think this pandemic has opened at least my eyes to be like, yeah, why do we get so close to each other in fucking, you know, grocery stores? You know, why do you have to stand so close to me at this restaurant where we're waiting for a table? Like, get the fuck away from me. Like, I think to me, that's, that's what it is. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. What do you guys think? You know, for those that are vaccinated, are you going to keep wearing your mask? Are you, are it's just, you don't care anymore for those who are not vaccinated yet. You know, when you guys do get your vaccination, are you going to keep wearing your mask? Comment what you guys think or what you guys think about it, right? Right. Give me some fucking engagement. Give me some fucking engagement on the Facebook page, you fucking cocksuckers. God. Oh, I hate checking my Facebook page because nobody gives it love. Barely anybody gives it love. Again, always. Anytime I say nobody, I don't mean everybody. I don't mean nobody. You know what I mean, fuckers. So anyway. So, yeah. So um, going on to something a little controversial, um, even more controversial than wearing a mask. Um, like I said, uh, the governor Greg Abbott um, passed some. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying this before I even get into it. I don't know all the details, so take that as you may. So, Governor Abbott has apparently passed some laws or written some bills or something or another that's gonna be banning abortions or making abortions even more hard for women to get. I don't know the effective date on this. I don't know if it's already happening. All I know, and I'm pretty sure for you guys too, it's been all over everybody's Facebook. And the whole abortion thing has been a hot topic for a long, for years and years and years. It's not even a recent thing. But right off the bat, my opinion on it, even though my opinion doesn't matter because I'm not a woman, um, is exactly that. A bunch of old white men shouldn't be making rules for women's bodies. It's ridiculous. I don't know, I don't know how anyone can, you know, these, these conservatives and these Republicans and whatnot are so pro-life, but you don't, like, you don't see them passing or doing a lot to help the, you know, the foster kids, the underprivileged kids, you know, And I've seen, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen those posts too, where it's like, oh, this is an attack on women, you know, this is a war against women, and this, this, and that. And to me, at least for the state of Texas, from what I see, because that's obviously where I live, that's where a lot of my, you know, obviously my friends are at, you know, it definitely seems that way. Men shouldn't have a say in that in that area. Just like how if it was the other way around, if a bunch of women you know, when women politicians were advocating that vasectomies are required unless you're trying to have a kid, and this, this, and that, every single man would be up in arms. This is a bunch of bullshit. Stay away from my balls. You don't know nothing about my balls, my body, my balls, my choice. You know, it. it I think every, I think all these Republicans are a bunch of hypocrites with that. You know what I mean? So, and anybody that's for this stuff, I don't know. I just, I don't get how anybody can be pro-life to me, it's, it's definitely, man, I, cause I'm, I'm obviously pro-choice. Cause one, it's not my choice. It's, you know, I have, I have no choice in the say, I don't control a woman's body. Now, granted, obviously this is very different for me because I'm married. Leslie and I are going to start trying to have kids soon. Obviously for us, we're, going to keep the kid, right? Any, I think anybody that's trying to have kids is obviously going to keep the kid. But for those who don't want to get pregnant, don't want kids, you know, they should have that ability to be like, no, I don't want this kid. Get it out of me. Boop. Bye-bye. Feed us, delete us, as the young kids would tweet, you know, and, and that's fine. Now, I will say that... When I, was in, when I was in high school, because I, I did, I throughout high school, I only had one girlfriend. And she was very anti-marriage, anti kids. She was anti-everything. I'm, I'm pretty convinced she was anti-love in general. I don't, like, again, you'll hear me say it a million times if I ever bring her up. I don't know why we were together for four years. We fought 24-7. We hated each other. We didn't like any of each other's interests. Very weird relationship. But anyway... She would always say that like if like if we like if if she got pregnant, you know, she would she would get an abortion and she wouldn't think twice about it now. And I remember because, again, assuming that she was referring to us, um, you know, I'd be like, oh, I was like, so if I got you pregnant, you would just you would abort it. And she was like, yep. And I was just like, oh, okay. And it wasn't a it wasn't a debate as whether like, oh no, that's not that's not fair, it's not your choice or anything like that. It was just more of like the goddamn, like that was very like very quick. You didn't even think twice about that, like, oh shit, like well well there's my baby too. Um, you know, like, oh bye baby. So I don't know, it, it was very weird. So as like hearing that and that face value, you know, being in a relationship and be like, Oh damn, like if we have a kid, you would kill it the first time you know, chance you get, okay, damn, you hate kids that much, you know, that's cool for you, but again, it's your body, your choice, but, like, for me right now, like, I think it would be a little bit different if, like, Leslie and I were having a kid, and she'd be like, yeah, I want to abort it, it'd be like, hey, hey, whoa, 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 what, like, it would be more of a caught off guard, like, not so much of, like, a, oh, my god, no, you're forbidden to do this, but anyway, like I said, uh, you know, we're planning on having kids, so we want kids, but, Yeah, anyway, I I don't know even where I was... Now I don't even remember where I was going with that tangent. But yeah, women shouldn't have their bodies dictated by old, white, conservative men. Case in point. Um, And this isn't up for discussion. Just like with anything else I talk about, this isn't up for an argument or anything like that. If you're pro-life, you're pro-life. Have fun. Whatever, right? But even then... Because like... Whatever you do with your body doesn't pertain to me, and whatever I do with my body doesn't pertain to you. So, like right now, I talked about how I want to switch over to, you know, try to get into a sugar free energy drink. That's me. I'm not going to go around saying, hey, everybody needs to fucking do this. I want this choice for my body. You're going to have to deal with it too. That, no, that is not the case for anything. So, just like, hey, I have a baby inside of me that I don't want. You should be able to get rid of it. That's, I mean, that's really, and granted right now, because of course, uh, based on my analytics for my podcast, this is a mostly male show. So, um, you're probably thinking. (coughs) 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 Oh, excuse me. Oh, Greg Abbott heard me speak and he's striking me down with his wheelchair. (coughs) His wheelchair lightning bolt. (coughs) Oh, shit. Um. Fuck in, but yeah, I don't know. I guess that's the end of it, really. But um, yeah, women women should have the choice to do whatever the fuck they want. Gre- Governor Greg Abbott needs to be voted out. I don't know. I think the election is 2022, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. 2021, 2022. Whenever the election comes up, vote that fucking bum that puts out of office, dude. But don't vote for Matthew McConaughey. Good God. That'd be even worse to me. Fuck Matthew McConaughey even more. Celebrities should not be in politics. Case in point. But anyway, moving on, moving on, moving on. So clearly, because you hear me choking my brains out, I'm going to go ahead and take a small little break. You probably won't even notice it. But one second. Alrighty, alrighty. So for me, I'm back right now. For y'all listening, it's probably just going seamlessly as one thing. But anyway... Um, yeah, I had to take a quick little break In fact, it was actually a few hour break Um, ate dinner And just chilling So I'm coming back to you guys I'm on cloud nine right now I'm very excited And it's actually kind of funny Because I'm kind of going in order On my, on my notepad Of what to talk about here Whew, I like, I lost all my breath all of a sudden I'm all out of breath And I've only been talking for 34 seconds Uh, Excuse me So anyway So I'm on cloud cloud nine right now and I'll tell you why. So sorry guys, here comes the part of the episode where I talk about wrestling. So um, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, their next pay-per-view is next Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, um, May 30th, Double or Nothing. This was their first ever event that they ever put on. Um, It was the first pay-per-view that AEW put together and it was a phenomenal pay-per-view. This is like their WrestleMania. Or that's what it seems like. It seems like Double or Nothing is their be-all, end-all show every year. So I unfortunately missed last year. Um, I missed last year's Double or Nothing. I didn't get to watch it. But this year, AEW is doing something a little bit different. Um, so fans are able to come into attendance for this event. Uh, they've been able to have fans come into the events for um, for quite some time now uh, down in Jacksonville uh, where they do a daily's Place and whatnot. But this time... They're uh, they're still doing it on pay-per-view, but they're also doing it to where you can buy tickets to go see the movie in theaters. Some select Cinemark movie theaters are are broadcasting Double or Nothing. So double-checked, Leslie and I have nothing to do next Sunday. So I went ahead and bought us tickets. So next Sunday, Leslie and I are going to be at the Cinemark 16 here in San Antonio. Sorry, guys. Um, we're going to be at the Cinemark Sixteen here in San Antonio, or also known as the the Dollar Movie Theater, um, over there right by uh, Four Ten and Evers next to the Sam's Club, uh, here in San Antonio. So we're going to be over there. The event starts at six o'clock. We'll probably get there a little bit early, and we're going to watch Double or Nothing. We're going to be there for four hours and watch the event. I am super pumped. I'm super excited. Um, either way, I was probably going to buy the event and watch it here at the here at the apartment. But this is so much cooler because now we get to be with actual wrestling fans, and um, and tickets are almost sold out. So by the time you're listening to this, it will be sold out, maybe, hopefully not. But we bought the two tickets way in the top. Um, those were the, some of the only two seats together. Um, so we're going to be way at the top of the movie theater. But if you guys are listening and are interested, look into buying tickets. Um, you know, I think that would be cool. Even if we can't sit together, I think it'd be cool if, uh, you know, if we're all there in the same arena, arena, the same movie theater, but no, I'm super pumped. And, you know, this is, to me, this is like one of the, one of those events that, you know, like draft house would do where it's like interactive and things like that. I doubt Sid Mark's going to pull out all the stops for a wrestling pay-per-view, but I'm hoping that possibly knowing the type of wrestling fans here in San Antonio, um, i'm I'm really thinking this is going to be a pretty kind of interactive and engaged audience, you know cheering, yelling, chanting this this and that um i'm super pumped for it. I hope it's like that I hope it's not everybody has to sit down and be quiet and blah 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 um because that would be kind of lame because i I could just watch it at home, but no i I kind of want to get out and do something right of course we 're still going to wear our masks that's a, a non negotiable Wrestling fans are a little stinky and lame, um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go next Sunday, and I'm super pumped. So I tweeted, I tweeted, I was all like, just got our tickets for hashtag AEW Double or Nothing to watch it on the big screen. Super pumped, can't wait. Thank you, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, or thank you, Cody Rhodes, AEW, and Tony Khan for putting this together. And Cody Rhodes liked my tweet. Like within like ten, right? Maybe like ten seconds, he liked my tweet. Yeah, what are you laughing at over there? I made a video. You made a video? Yeah, I'm a you. Oh, no. Yeah, I, don't, I don't trust what Leslie did. So anyway, I'll pause for the cause again. This episode is not unofficially sponsored by Liquid Death. But yeah, so Cody Rhodes liked my tweet. Um, I'm pretty stoked with that. That's pretty awesome. And it's the actual Cody Rhodes. It's not a bot or nothing like that. Um, he's always very active on Twitter, very interactive with the fans. So that's awesome! I cannot wait. I am super pumped, Um, and the pay per view is stacked. There's a lot of good fights going on. Um, You got the rematch between the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle. Um, You got Kenny Omega versus. Oh shit! I don't even know who he's fighting. Goddamn! I feel like a putz. Now I'm blinking in all the matches. Anyway, it's a it's a super stacked show. I'm pretty pumped. And of course, my favorite female wrestler, Britt Baker, is fighting for her first time fighting for the AEW Women's Championship. We're going to see Britt Baker on the big screen the way she deserves to be seen. What Leslie just gave me? The Leslie does not like Britt Baker at all. She can gawk and goo goo and put the the drooling emojis for Nick Jonas all over social media, but the one time I go, yeah, Britt Baker is a very good wrestler. Oh, why don't you go fuck her then? Blah, 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 blah. She gets all crazy. But no, I'm super pumped. It, it, it's gonna be a fun time. AEW always pulls out all the stops for their for their pay-per-views. There's a mystery opponent in one of the matches. That's gonna be pretty shocking. Like I said earlier, WWE released a lot of people. Some people had no complete cause, no compete clauses, some people didn't. So who's gonna show up on Sunday? Who knows? But anyway, but yeah, so that's AEW news. As Far as WWE news goes. WWE has announced that they are hitting the road starting in July. And lo and behold, the first stops on their back on the road tour are going to be in Texas. Yeah. So in July, the first event back with the crowd is going to be SmackDown in Houston. Then right after that, because that's on a Friday, then Sunday night is going to be Money in the Bank in Fort Worth. That's a pay-per-view. And then Monday Night Raw the next night is going to be in Dallas. So right off the bat, boom, boom, boom. Three Texas shows. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Leslie and I will be vaccinated. Um, I mean, le- like I said, Leslie's gonna get her vaccine, her vaccine soon. I'm already fully vaccinated. Um, tickets are probably gonna go like that because it's the first type of WWE event, especially with it being a pay per view. That's definitely gonna go pretty fast. So if we can swing it, hopefully we can go. That would be pretty dope. Um, less than two months away. So yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I miss the wrestling environment, man, and, and just also too because I miss watching wrestling. I've talked about how I can't, I don't really have the time to sit down weekly and watch it because my schedule is always all over the place. And you know, there's also this little uh, factor too—the fact that I don't have cable. Uh, you know that it's that's also definitely a factor too, right? Um, but yeah, um, I miss it. I miss watching WWE, AEW all the time. So. So that's don't worry guys that's all the wrestling news in this podcast, okay okay guys, nobody nobody fast forward, please wink, wink you know who you know who I'm talking to, buddy, if you even listen to this right now, if you haven't skipped it, but um anyway, moving on to some real sports now. Um, the Spurs didn't make the playoffs two years in a row, the Spurs did not make the playoffs <clears throat> That's the it's it's a huge wake up call uh, for San Antonio Spurs fans. Um, I, I wish I could say it's shocking, it's really not. I've always been more of a realistic Spurs fan. I've never, uh, I, I'm not even with football, any sport, I'm never one to be like, oh, this is our year, this is our year, we got it this year, we're coming back, we're taking it all this year. No, I've never, I've never been that fan, I've always been more realistic. I said last year that the Spurs weren't making the playoffs, and I might as well have said the N-word in all caps on Twitter. Everybody got pissed off. Everybody started calling me an asshole. Everybody started fucking, You man, you're such a fake fan. You're not even a Spurs fan. You don't know anything about sports, David. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You don't know nothing. You're being a hater. You're not a Spurs fan. I'm like, guys, just – think about it. The Spurs are not making the playoffs. Like there's no way in hell we're making the playoffs. We're trash. We lost X amount of games in a row. Like I don't even remember how many games we lost in a row, but we were on a huge losing streak and it was just so, it was so pathetic our season last year. And look what happened. We didn't make the playoffs telling you sometimes I'm not a gambler. I'm not a betting man, but there's some times where I'm like, damn it. I wish I would have fucking put money on that because then I would be a fucking millionaire you know, so, uh, yeah, and lo and behold, this year, I was like, hey, you know what, we might make it, I don't know, it's too close to call, we come to this new play-in game, this new this new concept, you know, it's kind of a win or go home situation, we play the Grizzlies, which that's already going to be a tough fucking game, John ja Morant, just fucking, he puts the team on his back, man, he's a fucking beast, he's the future of the NBA, dude. I was like, damn, that's going to be a tough one. We we, we tried our best. We played our hearts out, but just wasn't enough to squeeze out the victory. So, yeah, lo and behold, we lost, and we don't make the playoffs. Not, Not really a shocker, to be honest. I wanted us to win. That would be cool. I would love to see the Spurs back in the playoff picture. I don't think they would have a legitimate shot at the championship, but, hey, crazier things have happened in the NBA, right? But lo and behold, you know who's somebody who doubted the Spurs from the very beginning? ESPN. ESPN on the day of uh, – on this past Wednesday posted a graphic on their Twitter account that had all – that had a star player or star players from each team and that's in the playoffs and the play-in tournament. And they left out the Spurs. They didn't put anybody from the Spurs. So a lot of Spurs fans started you know talking shit to ESPN. Man, that's fucked up. You guys always count us out. You guys always forget about San Antonio. So, like, ESPN was, like, our bad at the Spurs, like, and they, like, photoshopped. They crudely photoshopped DeMar DeRozan, like, all awkwardly into the picture. And it's like, uh, okay, that just goes to show you that nobody, nobody, you know, has faith in the Spurs, which, I mean, I didn't, you know. One of them, but lo and behold, I... Again, correct assumption. So we'll see what happens. I don't know what that means now, man. Uh I mean that definitely says shows that we have to go into some sort of rebuild. I think I think the young talent that we have is good. Um, I just I, I think injuries definitely plagues us, you know, with Javante Murray. Um, you know, he's had a really rough start to his career. I know he's been fairly healthy this season. Um, you know, I, I think kinda with the way the Spurs program was designed was that it was the veterans always kind of ushering in the new talent but we've lost a lot of our veterans especially from our dynasty era man from 99 to 14 you know we had tim we had david we had you know tony parker Monty ginobili we had you know those names alone could carry a fucking franchise and they did but you know, just with time and age, they, of course, had to retire. They can't play fucking forever, you know. So, and I think kind of when when Manu Ginobili and was, you know, and Manu and Tim, the last ones to leave, and Tony, when they left, that's where I'm kind of like, yeah, it, the Spurs are never going to be the same. I love the Spurs with all my heart. They're still my favorite basketball team, but it's going to be a long, long time before we see any sort of success with the, with the Spurs here in San Antonio. Sucks to say, call me a fake fan, boo me all you want, call me an asshole. It's going to be, I'm going to say 10 plus years until we see another championship in San Antonio. And even at that, it's going to be a completely different team, a, a whole fresh coaching staff, um, hopefully with Becky Hammond at the helm. you know. Hopefully, I, will, I would love to see Becky Hammond Be like the next Greg Popovich. Take this team from nothing because right now we are nothing and make us a new dynasty. I think that would be awesome. I hope she stays with San Antonio whenever Popovich retires. And, you know, I hope she takes that head coach spot. So, which speaking of which, I mean, when, when is Popovich going to retire? You know, he, he made the playoff for 20 plus years and that streak was ruined last season tried to gain some momentum but this year pff, just still fizzled out couldn't do it. I don't think Popovich has anything else to prove. I would I wouldn't be heartbroken if he retired. I mean, he's a I mean, he five championships, he's won coach of the year three, you know, three times. A guaranteed Hall of Famer just on those accolades alone. You know, he's coached the USA basketball team several times. Um, the all you know, he's been an all-star coach several times. He's produced a numerous amount of all-stars, even at that too. Um, you know, I just don't think he has anything else to prove. He's the third most winningest coach in NBA history. Now he's only behind the number one by like thirty or forty wins. So I would, I would love for him to coach one more year, just so he that way he can be the number one most winningest coach in history. I think that would be phenomenal, but it all, it, I mean, God, you know, he lost his wife, you know, still not that long ago. It still feels very fresh, especially to us, San Antonio, you know, the Spurs are our family, you know, that, that was a really big loss that we had, you know, as a city, as a, you know, as a community, he lost his wife, he lost all his star players. There's just nothing really there for him in San Antonio, you know, for the Spurs. So I, I wouldn't be mad at it if he left. You know, I would definitely, I'm still going to get emotional. No, Popovich, I love you. But, hey, it is what it is, man. It, it's it's really time the Spurs have to go through a whole new change through everything. You know, we got to, I mean, if the ultimate goal is to win championships and to be a dynasty. Hey, we got to do something, right? We got to change it. But a little drink break again. But um, speaking of the play-in tournaments, man, was the intensity fucking crazy. Oh, my God. The Lakers and Golden State Warrior game, damn, fucking nail-biter. Came down to the wire. Uh, LeBron hitting that fucking three at almost fucking half court. The GOAT, he's the modern-day GOAT, man. I don't care. Different generations. I don't want to get into the debate of who would win in a one-on-one, him, Kobe, Michael, whatever. Nah, LeBron is... LeBron is the LeBron of today. You know, comparing him to another player is just kind of redundant. It's, nah, he's he's the LeBron of today. Then, yeah, you know, that knocked Golden State down to play uh, the fucking Grizzlies to try to make the playoffs. Grizzlies squeaked it out, man. They kicked ass. They won. Morant again, put the game on his back, and he did it. So, as we're speaking right now, the playoffs have obviously started and are continuing i mean they're not taking a break for us so um last i saw trey young hit a nice little two-pointer to silence the knicks one they took game one uh sons took game one as well and uh i think that's all i know i think the lakers beat the clippers did they i don't know are they even playing the clippers i don't know brooklyn won they won their game one haven't been following up too much. It's just kind of whatever I see on Twitter again because I don't have cable, so I can't watch the games. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely as we get as we get you know more and more throughout the playoffs, I'll definitely talk more about that and kind of ski. Uh, I'll for you guys. I'll definitely pay a closer attention for the playoffs if you get your if you get your somewhat sports news from me because um, even at that, I'm not the most reliable source. So because I'm very biased on everything. But anyway. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. Um, The ACL lineup, moving on to pop culture, kind of, I guess. The ACL lineup got announced. And I got to say, it is hot garbage. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. The main headliners that were on that were, uh, and I'm not going in any particular order, but uh, Rufus Del Sol, DaBaby, Stevie Nicks. Which I'm pissed off about that, and I'll talk about it here in a second. Um, Stevie Nicks, Miley Cyrus, Billie Eilish, and George Strait. Ah, man, I hate to say it. Sounds however you want to make it sound, but they solely just went who, – who went viral on TikTok this year? Let's put them on the list. That's literally all this lineup is. And even if you go into the deeper, like, you know, the other, the other, not the headliners, but the other acts on the, on the charts, it's literally just who, who went viral on TikTok? Who has some notoriety on TikTok with the sound? Let's put them in ACL. That's all that this fucking festival is. Hey, you know what? It's pandering to a certain audience and that audience ate it up. It's sold out in fucking minutes. Good for them good for them i wasn't going to waste my time and money there's nobody on literally on this whole entire fucking lineup there's nobody that was like hey yeah i want to go check them out and that's very rare because acl has always been a a very great festival they always put bands on there you know metallica was there a couple years ago i went in 2014 i only went for one day i went weekend i went saturday a weekend one day two a weekend one and I went so I could go see Skrillex, a major laser, you know. And I had a blast. It was awesome. I fucking love Skrillex, as you guys know. I love EDM music, so I was like, "Fuck yeah, I want to see Skrillex." And it was uh, they debuted because Skrillex made a, uh, a a small group with Diplo. They called it Jack U. I saw the live debut of Jack U, which was awesome. um You know, Kaiza was there. um Who else? I saw Iggy Azalea. That was interesting. But yeah, I went in 2014, and on that same lineup for the year I went, they had Outkast, Childish Gambino, Eminem. Like they had fucking, they had a star-studded lineup to me. So this lineup is again, it's not for me. They didn't make this audience. You know, they didn't make this lineup for David. They made it for the masses. But George Strait, obviously, we're in Texas. He's a Texas boy. You know, he's the country king supposedly. So, yeah, I can see that appeal. I see that name. I see the power behind it. Okay, cool. Billie Eilish. She's the hot flash in the pan artist. She's going to be around for a little bit longer. Yeah, makes sense. You know, Miley Cyrus, eh, she's been around for a long time. Uh, you know, she she did some fucking collaboration with Stevie Nicks, which leads me to Stevie Nicks. Nobody, and I mean fucking nobody, gives a shit about Stevie Nicks. No one gives absolute two shits about her. If you don't know who Stevie Nicks is, she was the singer in Fleetwood Mac. She did have a solo career. But that, that that's it, man. She's in the she's in the genre of classic rock, but that's she's not an icon. Growing up, my mom always listened to Fleetwood Mac, and it, not just one song, not just any song. She always listened to that one fucking song, the one that where the fucking dude on TikTok was drinking the cranberry juice and skateboarding, which I wish he would have fucking hit a rock and cracked his neck on the pavement, because that was a dumbass guy. But yeah, she sang, you know, that one song with Fleetwood Mac. She also sang, you know, like, you know, go your own way, go your own way. That's all, like, Fleetwood Mac has like 10 plus albums or something like that. Or they have a lot of albums and like their one album, Rumors, is their biggest album. You know, that song went fucking viral on TikTok and Twitter and everything like that. And everybody ate that song up all the fucking tiktok kids oh the song is such a vibe oh i was born in the wrong generation oh my god and then in her solo stuff one her biggest hit the edge of 17 you know that dinga dinga you guys know the song like that that's it man like to me she's a one-hit wonder solo she's a one-hit wonder But knowing this fucking festival, she she might, you know, not she might, she probably is gonna jam out some fucking Fleetwood Mac. Miley Cyrus is probably gonna come up on stage with her. She's either gonna go up with Miley Cyrus, or Miley Cyrus is gonna come up with her. They're gonna sing their little collab or whatever. And call it a night. But it is such fucking trash. It these festivals fucking pander, man. And that's why I can't do these big ass festivals, you know? I can't I can't wrap my head around you know ACL or you know Lollapalooza You know Riot Fest and all these types of things Coachella and all that stuff it's just pandering it's pandering to these people who live in who have to fucking be connected social media wise and they always have to fucking like oh my god so and so is at Coachella It's a bunch of bullshit it's it's pretentious It's a fucking Oh what's the phrase that I'm looking for? It's like a, a social status, a social, social status. No, like a, like, ah, oh, it, it's like a badge of validation for them. Like I went to Coachella. I saw so-and-so at Coachella. Good for fucking you. You know, Coachella was a stop to them. You know, that was a stop on their massive tour. Like, I don't think you could even pay me to go to Coachella. Like, like for a festival, in order for me to go to a festival, it has to have at least 10 artists spread out throughout the weekend, or whatever the the duration is. It has to have a minimum of 10 artists for me to go, "Hey, you know what? Yeah, I want to go check that out." EDM festivals are a little bit different because sometimes those are shorter than a weekend. sometimes it's you know it's just like one day, two days, you know, but just with multiple stages throughout. So EDM is a little bit different. But these types of festivals, yeah, I it's, – it's just – man, it's, it's a no-dog. And it's even been like, you know, these fucking – those talk shows, the Jimmy, the Jimmy Kimmel one, anytime Coachella came around, they always made fun of those Coachella kids. They made up fake band names and they would talk to these kids and be like, hey, what do you think about so, – and they would give some like stupid name. Like they would be like, oh, Rubber Ducky Soap Machine and be like, oh, yeah – Yeah, I heard their first album and it was pretty good. But, you know, I think tonight they're going to, you know, they're going to release like a preview for their second album. I'm looking forward to it. Just making up complete bullshit about these artists because they don't want to feel left out. They feel like they have to be in the know, like, oh, it sounds underground. Yeah, I know about them. They're a bunch of fucking idiots, man. That's all that's all the type of people that go to these fucking festivals. They go so they can feel like I did something cool with my life. I I accomplished something. And it's like, no, you didn't. You're going to go see artists that millions of people have already seen before you. You're just the next one in a million. Like, that's it. You're nothing special. I've seen Iron Maiden five times. Every time I see Iron Maiden, they, you know, any band you see, oh, thank you so much. We love San Antonio. This is our favorite city. No, it's not. It's pandering. But hey, you know what? I fall victim to it. I don't care. Yeah! Scream for me, San Antonio! Yeah! I get into it. But I don't feel like, because my favorite band or my favorite artist came to San Antonio, I don't feel like it makes me better than anybody else. I saw Iron Maiden in San Antonio. Oh yeah? I saw them at the AT&T Center. Mm, They put on the greatest show ever. You had to be at that show. It's like, no you didn't. You had to be at Coachella. No, you don't. No, you don't. And even at that, the artists, they get paid millions on millions of dollars to get booked for that. And it shows you it's all about greed and shit, dog. Those bands are like, yeah, we'll go play Coachella, but you have to fucking double the price on it because it's the fact that it's Coachella. It's just a status symbol, bro. Any, I luckily, I've never met anyone that's been to Coachella, or at least that I'm aware of. Or if they have, they don't brag about it, which is even cool. But I swear to God, if if I ever come across someone that says, oh, yeah, I'm into Coachella. Or I'm going to Coachella. I'd be like, that festival? Mm. Sorry, you're broke, man. I would, I would love to say that, like, uh, I would afford a real festival like River City Rock Fest. They would feel so fucking heated because it's like, no, I spent $4,000 to go over here to go fucking wear pasties in the sun, ooh, get the fuck out of here, ugh, even if Metallica headlined Coachella, I still wouldn't go, I wouldn't go just for them, that's pathetic, just like when people go, oh my god, Beyonce's at Coachella, I have to go, it's like, so pathetic, just go see her on tour, fucking follower, so lame, but a lot of metal festivals, a lot of metal festivals are coming out with their lineups, um, so they're pretty good. They're decent. Um, they're not the best. They're kind of sporadic. Metallica's getting booked for a lot of fucking festivals. Um, and Metallica is always Metallica is such a big name that they get booked twice on the same festival. They'll usually play Friday night and Sunday night. That's how they do it. Um, or two nights back to back. It's pretty crazy. Um, the way that Metallica does it. And they always play a different set list. They include the same big hits, but they play a different set list every single tour. Or every single uh, concert even on the same tour uh, which i think is pretty cool It, it mixes it up it you know gives the audience a unique feel you know gives them you know something like hey i saw them they did this song oh and i saw them the night before they did this song and then they record every single every single show that they do they record it and sell it in cd format so anytime you see metallica you can go and buy that you know buy the cd buy the concert that you went to So I think that's really cool that Metallica does that for their fans. So that way you can relive that night over and over again. Um, So yeah, but a lot of the metal festivals, it's kind of just... Like metal bands have been announcing their tours left and right. And literally it's just all the metal bands that have already announced a tour. the The dates on the tour just coincide with the festival. So they just make an appearance at the festival. So... To me, it doesn't really feel special. It doesn't feel like a festival. It just feels like all a bunch of bands had the same exact date in mind, and then just booked it. Like it doesn't feel that unique. Um, but granted, nothing's coming here to Santa, or coming to Texas at you know at all. Um, I think the nearest festival is going to be Rocklahoma, um, but I don't even know if they've announced their lineup yet. But anyway. A lot of EDM festivals have been getting announced too. Uh, Freaky Deaky just announced their lineup for this October in Fort Worth or Dallas or something. I don't know. Um, I've, eh, I don't know. It seemed pretty cool. Was Excision on the Freaky Deaky lineup? Bit? He wasn't. No. I don't remember. But anyway, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, and that kind of goes back to, huh? It just kind of goes back to the whole, like, hey, you know, Leslie and I will be vaccinated by the time we go to any of these types of events, you know. But is it really, like, I don't know. It's just so weird. I'm torn. I'm torn, guys. I want to go and live my life. I want to start having fun again. But people are nasty, and I don't want to be around a lot of people. So it's really weird. Um, Yeah, so and also because in october i mean we're going to see what's going on but october we might i know leslie and her friend are going to go but i might go see the jonas brothers uh this october in houston in the woodlands uh depending on how much tickets are and uh we're going to go with a couple friend of ours uh her maid of honor and then one of my groomsmen uh because they're engaged we're going to go with them but he's really he's being so funny and weird about the whole jonas brothers thing and uh, he's just a typical guy. He's all like, man, I don't want to go see the Jones brothers. That's gay. I'm like, dude, they're just, a, it's a band, bro. <laughs> like, don't, like, no one's going to think less of you. There's going to be tons of other dudes there, um, that, you know, that are being dragged there with their girlfriends or their wives or whatever. Well, now this day and age, cause they are, I mean, they're a little bit older than us. It's definitely going to be wives. You know, that's what we're going to see. Cause we were all little kids when the Jones brothers were popular on Disney channel and whatnot, but yeah, I mean, I don't see the big deal. Um, I would go see them. I, w- I told Leslie I'd be down to go see them the last time they came to San Antonio on their on their last album tour, but I was like, nah, one, I have to work. Two, it's too expensive, so uh, don't worry about me. Like, I-, I won't be heartbroken if I miss the Jonas Brothers, but I would go. Huh? Well, yeah, I didn't say I would be heartbroken. I wouldn't be heartbroken if you miss them. Yeah, but we're talking about me. It's my show, babe. Get out of here. I just asked you one question. No, I didn't. Get out of here. Get out of here. Anyway, all right, guys. We're going to go ahead and put a quick little pause, do a quick little commercial break, and then we'll be right back. and we're back and we're back thank you guys for sticking through this episode again no not not a lot of fucking content in this episode today um i'm almost honestly this is probably going to be the final segment of the of the episode to be honest with you i don't know we'll see how i fucking uh we'll see how um i kind of stretch this or elongate it or whatever um but anyway um because is anybody still listening you guys listening hello knock 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 you guys still there all right cool let's keep it going so um lo and behold the trailer for the friends tv show reunion uh just dropped on hbo max that is scheduled to come out next friday or this friday i should say on may 27th um pretty pumped i'm very excited for it um again just like i talked about a few episodes ago I I just don't see any valid reasons why anybody can hate the show Friends. Um, I think it kind of goes with that stigma that it's, you know, it took one person to say they don't like Friends, and then everyone was like, oh, the cool thing is to not like Friends. So I kind of think that's where it is, people being fake woke, because I still really don't see anything offensive with the show Friends i guess i really have to sit down and watch it you know from beginning to end again and obviously it's on hbo max but i don't know i'm really one i mean rewatching the office doing the office uh you know the supersized episodes or the fan episodes whatever they call them there's definitely content in there you know that leslie and I are like damn that's pretty racy that's a pretty that's a pretty edgy joke you know now thinking about it in today's climate You know, when we were watching Big Bang Theory, you know, because that show started a long time ago. There were some jokes in the earlier seasons that were like, damn, yeah, that's pretty, (laughs) that's a pretty touchy joke. Um, You know, uh, 30 Rock, I I recently rewatched 30 Rock not too long ago. And there's tons of jokes in there that wouldn't fly today, Um, you know, but it's still, it's still highly revered. Um, I think people are just sour grapes. I think it's just finding something to nitpick at. I don't see any problems or why cancel culture has a hold of it. I'm pumped. Now, I will. I will admit when it circling back to this friends reunion, I was under the impression that it was going to be an actual like a reunion like meaning because they called it the reunion special and that you know and they were working on a script and this this, and that. I thought it was going to be like a couple episodes or maybe like a one super-sized episode, like an hour-long episode or something. I thought it was going to be something like that, but I guess it's just the cast of friends, they're meeting up, they're hanging out, they're reminiscing about the show, talking behind the scenes, things like that, which is a-okay with me. That's totally fine with me. I, I'm still going to watch it. Um, I was just thinking it was going to be like an actual like reunion special. I didn't think it was going to be this kind of stuff. Um, if you haven 't seen the preview, um, it starts with them playing like a little trivia game of the episode um, it, it really cute, and then it just kind of shows them talking about you know this this and that giving a preview looks like there 's going to be some heartfelt moments. Matthew Perry got emotional in the trailer, so i 'm like, oh no, Matthew Perry, I love you, um, so I might get emotional, but I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped for it. I I cannot wait. I've always been a big fan of Friends. I remember watching the final season live on TV with my parents as it was airing, as it was debuting. Um, you know, my dad, we had, when we were a kid, my, my dad bought all 10 seasons on DVD. So we had all of that. Anytime a new season came out on DVD and my dad bought it, We would rewatch the show from beginning to get to where we were at. And we watched that show as a family. You know, that was one of the very few shows that all of us sat down together and we watched it. We got so excited. Yes, dad bought another new season. And we would sit on the couch all like a family after, you know, while we were eating dinner, you know, at the dinner table and then moving over to the couch, eating dessert sometimes and just watching it. You know, and then it would be like, oh, "Okay, it's time to go to bed." Oh, please, one more episode, one more episode. Okay, we'll finish this disc, and then we'll and then we'll go to bed. Okay, okay. And we would all get so excited. It was the best. Um, I cherish those memories. It was Friends and Scrubs. Scrubs was the other show that we all that we all watched together. Well, that one was actually kind of just me, my mom, and my dad. My brother, not so much. He liked Scrubs, but he didn't watch it that much. Um, and my sister was still very, very young, so she didn't really pay attention anyway. So, um, I'm super stoked. Um, I hope you guys are too. Nobody commented anything of what they feel, why they don't like Friends. So again, your silence is compliance. I'm assuming that all of you guys love Friends. So boo-hoo to you. Speaking of TV shows, um, SNL, Saturday Night Live, just had their season finale last night. It was hosted by Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, if you're wondering who the fuck is that, uh, she's the little white bitch that was in, uh, the queen's gambit. She was the girl in that movie split the M night Shyamalan movie. Uh, she was in some Apple TV thing called Emma. I think it was an Apple TV or was some movie. I don't know. Called Emma. Well, what else was she in babe? The new mutants. Yeah. She was in the new mutants. Um, I'm pretty sure you've seen her. Uh, she has a very distinctive face. I don't know, her eyes just pop out for some reason, I don't know, it just, she looks weird to me, (laughs) she's a little girl, I think she has to be like 20 or 21 or something, I don't know, she's really young, Uh, excuse me, but she was the host and Little Nas X was the musical guest, so I don't know if I've talked about this on the show or not, um, but hey, why not, right, it's my show, I could repeat myself a million times if I wanted to, um, I love SNL. I'm a huge Saturday Night Live fan. I grew up watching the show with my mom watched it like religious, religiously every single Saturday, no matter who the guest was, who the music or you know who the musical guest was, we sat down and watched it because Saturdays my mom would typically do um, her laundry on Saturday night and you know folding clothes and whatnot. so Saturday nights were the best because my mom would do laundry. And we would sit down and watch. First, we would watch the 10 o'clock news on, you know, uh, Channel 4, WAI. And then we would, you know, at 1035, Saturday Night Live would start. Those were the best, again, some of the best memories from my childhood. And, you know, I got to see the greats. I got to see Chris Catan, you know, Jimmy Fallon, Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Fred Armisen. Um, Did I say Amy Poehler already? If I did, oh, well, I just said it again. Uh, Rachel Dratch, Maya Rudolph. Um, you know, uh, Andy. I got to see the transition when Andy Samberg, Bill Hader, Jason Sudeikis. I got to see when they came on. Bobby Moynihan. I got to see the transition. You know, I I love it. Um, you know, granted, I don't get to watch it live a whole lot unless it's a huge guest or like a like a season a season uh, premiere. Um, I I was bummed I didn't get to watch it last night, but I watched it this morning. And it was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the season finale was good. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy was okay. Uh, she wasn't the best host, but she's definitely been one of the better ones this season. Um, I feel like the SNL really ended on a strong note. Last week, they had uh, Keen and Michael Key from Keen Peel and Mad TV. Um, and then this week with this chick. But like the sketches were just really on point these past two weeks, which has been cool. Um my favorite segment that – it's always been my favorite segment, um, even as a kid, is Weekend Update. I feel like Weekend Update is the, the best spot to have in the show. It's about the halfway point of the show, and the Weekend Update is always done by the, the, the head writers of the show. So for the past – I couldn't even tell you. The past few years – past many years, I should say, it's been Colin Joe's to Michael Che. They've been the head writers of SNL for years now, and they're the best weekend update duo that I've ever seen. And I remember watching Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon do it. You know, I remember watching that, you know, and Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon were the the end all be all to me as a kid. So this definitely is the best. I love them. They're so good. Their chemistry, just everything about them. Colin Jost is married to Scarlett Johansson. Um, you know a lot of people like her so tells you how cool this guy is and then michael che is just a a fucking awesome comedian he doesn't he has zero fucks given and he's just hilarious buddy i'm recording right now bud. here's Beerus on the show everybody no get away one day i'll be professional with no cats in the studio but uh but yeah, so uh, Weekend Update was the best. Uh, my favorite thing that they do on Weekend Update, um, it's been an, a, a recurring gag for a couple years now, is that anytime they go to break or there's a special occasion, uh, like the season, season finale, wh- what they will do is, because obviously it's a sketch comedy show, it's live, Everything's written on cue cards in SNL. So anytime you're watching a sketch, they're looking off camera to a cue card for their lines. So um, in live TV, anything can happen. That's another reason why I love SNL so much because it's so funny, it's improv. I succeeded in improv comedy um, when I was an actor, I loved it, it was my favorite thing to do. But the cool thing is, is that Colin Jost and Michael Che, they will write jokes for each other and they'll read them for the first time on air. They don't know what the one wrote for the other. So when they're reading it, that's their genuine reaction. And Michael Che uh, always writes very racist, very offensive jokes for Colin Jost to read because Colin Jost looks like a typical white guy and he – and Michael Che is black. So he always writes these racist jokes and then just the, like, the delivery of everything and the way Michael Che is always like, damn, Colin, that was racist because it's like, ha, ha, I wrote that joke and I'm making it seem like you're the racist. He, he, he. This time it was fucking oh, magnifique. It was so good. Um, you know, I was just rolling laughing. Um, this season finale definitely had a, um, definitely had a weird sense of kind of, uh, like it had a sense of goodbye to a lot of it. it. It seemed very emotional for Kate McKinnon, AD Bryant, Cecily Strong. If you're like, who are the fuck are these people? They've been cast members on SNL for years and years and years. Um, and I love them, especially Cecily Strong. Uh, she's been one of my favorite cast members, um, for the past like five, six years or so. She's just hilarious. Um, Kate McKinnon, eh, I mean, she's funny, give or take, but she kind of plays the same roles over and over again. Uh, Ad Bryant too. She cracks me up from time to time, but again, she just kind of gets pigeonholed into doing the same type of roles. Um, they, like, they kind of gave like the opening monologue was just a reflection of the past year. Um, they usually, you know, the, or not the opening monologue, excuse me, the cold open, um they usually do a sketch about something that's trending, like a political topical type sketch. But um no, this year the cast members were addressing the audience as themselves and being funny. Um but Cecily, Katie, and 80, they all they all got very emotional when they were delivering their lines. And on weekend update, Cecily Strong, um she she does an impersonation of the uh, news anchor Janine Pirro and um very spot on to me at least. Um, very Janine, uh, very spot on Janine Pirro impression. Uh, she she ended the her little impression by singing, you know, the Frank Sinatra song My Way, which is kind of like a you know is always looked at as a curtain call type song, kind of a finale type song, you know, the way to end a show. Uh, Motley Crue, the last time on their farewell tour, when I saw them, when they were saying goodbye and they were on stage and thanking the crowd, My Way was playing in the background. Beerus, stop. Getting into the cabinets, Beerus. Get out of there. Let me go get the water bottle, guys. Sorry, excuse me. You're hearing some blunders, some family problems on air. Oh yeah, see, so you started running away. I got the bottle of water. I got the spray bottle. <laughs> Sprayed them. All right, anyway. But yeah, so she, Janine uh, always. anytime she did that impression, she always did it on Weekend Update. And that was a funny thing, too, because she would always come out with a glass of wine and pure up like the way she was shaking, like she was drunk and whatnot. She would always dump her whole glass of wine on Colin Jost. Um, And they did it where she got into a big old jug, like a big old box, like a pool of wine. And it was pretty funny. So if she if this really is her final season, I'm going to be very, very sad They usually, SNL will usually announce it, um, you know, so that way it kind of makes it extra special. Uh, You know, they'll usually announce when it's somebody's final episode or when they're going away. So I hope that isn't the case. Um, Maybe she's getting emotional because she knows someone else is leaving. I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, we'll see what happens. I follow this stuff. I'm a big SNL nerd. Um, I get really into it, the recurring guests, the jokes and things like that there'll be times where, where Leslie will sit down and she'll watch it with me from time to time and something will happen and you hear the crowd's reaction and I'm like, oh my God. And she's like, what, who's that? And I'm like, oh, this is from like 30 years ago. Like this is a, this is an inside joke from like years and years and years ago. And she's like, oh, okay. Like that, like that's how it invested in SNL that I, am, that I am. So we'll see what happens. Um, there was a, a wardrobe malfunction from Lil Nas X the, obviously, uh, if you don't know who Little Nas X is, if you've lived under a rock for the past year he's the guy, his first big hit was Old Town Road I'm gonna take my horse to the Old Town Road um, and then he came out with Panini um, and I talked about it not too long ago uh, he recently got into some controversy uh, with releasing some devil shoes, some devil Nikes and he had that song uh, Call Me By Your Name, Montero I think is what it's officially called um, where you know he's giving the he's giving Satan a lap dance, so um, yeah. So that guy was the musical guest of uh, SNL, and he also has come out openly as a homosexual man. And um, yeah, the first song he did, he did um, "Call Me by Your Name," and the little breakdown in the song, he was going to do like a like a routine on a stripper pole, and as soon as he got up there, his freaking where his crotch was busted open, you didn't see nothing, I'm pretty sure he was wearing like some black Spanx or something underneath his uh, pants, but he he himself was holding his crotch, because he was like, oh, and he made a face, he reacted, and he still finished the song, uh, just with one hand on his crotch, so um, he's a very talented performer, Um, he definitely puts on a show, I've seen videos on Twitter and TikTok and stuff, Um, you know, he's definitely not afraid to push the envelope, he is who he is, and he's very proud of that, awesome i'm not the biggest fan of his music but if he were to come to town i'd probably go see him just to say i saw him in concert um he performed some other song um so i guess he debuted some new song on snl didn't care for it that much fast forwarded. it i'm like eh, song's kind of boring but him as a celebrity i really enjoy um he's hilarious he makes fun of himself. he's always interacting with the trolls. He pisses the trolls off. Nobody can troll this guy. he's untouchable man um, he he's just so funny and he loves his fans. you know he's proud of everything that he's done, which is awesome. you know he has he has no shame, he has no humility, so that's really cool. Uh, I'm really glad that I mean it was a really good choice. Um, they should have they, man they really should have put him on the show a lot earlier, but saving him for the season finale was was a good choice. There was a sketch that they did um, that uh, he was involved with, and I remember because it, it was a sketch right before he did his musical performance. And when he popped out, the the crowd went, ah, the crowd went nuts for him. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Speaking of sketches, I do have this written down, and we could talk about it for a little bit. Maybe this is what I can use to milk some shit up, right? Um, there was a sketch; it was like a prom sketch. Where it was like a a boyfriend, girlfriend, they're getting ready for prom and the parents are taking pictures and, you know, and the girl, mom, stop. Oh my God, we're going to be late. And the boy, oh, it's okay, babe. Don't worry. Take as many pictures as you want, Mrs. Whatever. I knew I liked you, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, and then the dad goes, oh, I have a great idea for a picture. One moment. And he goes in and he comes out with a shotgun and he's like standing next to the boy with the shotgun. And it's funny because the sketch made it realistic. The sketch made it like, what are you doing with that gun? Oh, my God. And he's like, what? It's funny. It's like, hey, hey, no funny business, you two. And then the dad ends up shooting himself in the dick and he shoots his dick off and they have to go to the hospital. Um, and that's and that's kind of how the sketch goes, which is pretty funny because realistically, yeah, that's that's what it is. Now, I could talk about this because this is actually an interesting topic. Um, And this kind of of segues and touches what I always talk about, you know, having kids and whatnot because I can't wait to have kids. But I think that whole stigma of being overprotective of your daughter and threatening every single guy she dates and all that kind of bullshit, that shit needs to live in the past, man. That stuff is so fucking corny. I remember because I have a little sister, right? So, I remember when I'm younger, and you see this stuff on t v all the time and you you see it, you know, and it's like okay that's what i that 's how I have to be that 's how I have to be. I have to be the protective older brother, any guy she likes, you have to threaten them and intimidate them and make them feel scared and blah 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 and I always thought I was going to be that way and, and I've stood up for my sister there you know on uh you know there was a like I talked about at the band teacher, awkward. Um, uh, but no, there was a time I remember we were at the park, you know, playing around and there were some kids bullying her, you know, and I'm six years older than my sister and I was in fucking seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade. And you got these little fucking kindergartners fucking messing with my little sister. I was getting ready to kick some kindergartner ass. Fuck it. I don't care. They're messing with my little sister and making fun of her scooter and everything like that. I was ready to throw down. I'm always going to be ready to throw down for my little sister. Um, you know, and same thing for my wife. I'm very protective of my wife too, but with going back to my sister, cause it's different than my wife, you know, I've, I'm never going to fucking threaten anybody she dates or anything like that. And I always, and I always thought that's how it was supposed to be, right? Oh, I'm the old brother. I'm the older brother. You know, me and my dad and my other brother, we're going to fucking intimidate the shit out of any guy. Lo and behold, she gets a boyfriend. He's a great guy. I love him to death. He's super funny. Uh, They've been dating for years now. It feels like fucking forever. You know, Uh, he's been over to our house for Thanksgiving. You know, I've seen him during holiday times and whatnot. Like, he's a great guy. I love him. The first day I met him, I wasn't expecting to meet, you know, her boyfriend, but I just, I shook his hand. I was like, hey, it's nice to meet you, man. You know, and he was very respectful, very, very respectful you know, and I think that's another thing too that kind of just made me like, I one like I, just my natural instinct. I didn't have to who's this guy, blah 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 blah, or act all macho macho man. You know, he called me sir, and he was all, and I still remember it to this day he was like, "Thank you for letting Celine come out to the movies with me and my parents." And I'm like, "Oh, you don't have to thank me." <laughs> I was like, I, "I didn't know she was going to the movies. All like, that's my parents over there. You got to thank them." And he, he like he's very 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 polite. He's always been very polite to Leslie. He came to our wedding. That's how close, you know. He's part of the family, you know, to me. So, yeah, he came to our wedding, you know. So I, I never felt the urge to be, to be intimate to try to intimidate him or anything like that. Even if I tried to intimidate him, I don't think he would be intimidated anyway, you know. But, no, he's a great guy. I love him to death, um, you know. And uh, to be honest, to, at least to me that I know of, this is the first guy that Celine's ever dated, so i never even had an opportunity to do that but when i when i think to how i'm going to be as a father with my daughter um you know because i imagine we're bound to have a daughter right you know so i don't think i would be that way you know i think it's funny to talk about but i just i don't think it's cool i don't think it's impressive like when you hear those types of stories or you see those because it's a popular thing to do and that's kind of where the snl got their sketch from it's a popular thing to do. You see it with white people. You don't see it with a lot of other people. Um, you know, that the, the prom pictures, the dad's there with a shotgun or a fucking revolver. And, you know, he has all his buddies out and this, this, and that. Uh, you know, you see it in Bad Boys, right? The famous scene from Bad Boys 2 where Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are all like, who the fuck you is? You look, you look like you're at least 30. And they're like intimidating that poor guy, fucking Qui Leonard Jr. You know, they're fucking intimidating him like, in that the movie scene it's over the top to be funny because they're like cussing and yelling at a little kid's face but that's just so trashy man like it's so fucking white trash you know it's just so gross if if our daughter dates a guy whatever as long as he's being respectful like that's that's one thing right oh he cheated on me and broke my heart Ah, well guys are assholes babe don't know what to tell you like you know I'm not going to go fucking hunt him down. You hurt anything you do to my daughter, I'll do to you. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, that's so fucking lame. Like, really? Really? I titty fucked your daughter. You want me to titty fuck you too? Like, come on. Like, no. That's so cheesy, so corny. I'm never going to be that kind of dad. And I hope for those of you that are fathers, fathers of little girls, I hope you're not that kind of dad too. If it's funny, like if you do it and you're like, I'm just totally kidding. Like if you play around right off the bat, then okay, cool, whatever. You know, but don't be, don't be that dude. Don't be that dude. That's the same dude that probably goes around and moons people for fun. Hey, I showed him my ass cheeks. It's like, get the fuck out of here, dude. You what are you talking about? What are you talking about? But anyway, do you guys do that? Have you guys experienced that? Because again, my demographic is mostly men. Have you experienced that? Have you taken a prom picture with a gun, with the dad holding a gun in the background, or did you get threatened about anything? Blah 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 blah. And also too, because again, because you know, I'm I'm into Latinas. Obviously, my wife is Latina, right, babe? I think she's already asleep. Anyway. You know, and I think that's another thing too, you know, the, the macho Mexican dad type, you know, stereotype thing. Cause I still remember the first, the first day that I, you know, met Leslie's parents that I went over there. I, oh, you know, Leslie opens the door and I walk in and her dad's pointing a a pistol at the door and he's like, oh, sorry. I thought it was an intruder and this, this and that. And he, and he puts his gun away. I was just like, oh, cool. What kind of gun is that? You know, I, I received guns all the time. That was when I was working at Walmart um and receiving and we would get pistols and shotguns and things like that. And, so I was like, oh, what kind of gun is that? And he was telling me about it. And I was like, uh-huh, cool. Like, <laughs> this is so, like, immediate, I was like, oh, my God, here we go. And I remember when we first started dating, anytime I met, like, a new male, you know, a new male relative, it, same thing. You better not hurt her. We'll find you. I got cousins. I got, you know, I got connections. And this is and that. I'm like, yeah, sure you do. You and every single Mexican in San Antonio, everybody has connections to the fucking cartel and the mob and this this and that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned from a very early age that those that are really connected don't go around talking about how connected they are to the fucking uh, mafia. So I was like, yeah, okay, dude. So anyway, I don't know. I I just I can never see myself being that guy. Obviously, of course, if you know my daughter gets beat up or hit, you know, by some punk little dude, then definitely everything goes out the window. Not only are you calling the cops and you'd be like, hey, so-and-so hit my kid. I know exactly where they live, but you're also going to have to arrest me too because I'm beating the shit out of not only a kid, but beating the shit out of the parents too. So yeah, obviously if it's something physical like that, it it requires a little bit more attention. But anyway, anyway, I digress. So here's something that might get me into some controversy. I don't know if it'll be controversial or not to even talk about, but we'll see. Is anybody listening? Probably not. So there was a sketch on SNL talking about pride. It was like a song. and they got the, they got the openly gay cast members of the, of the cast of SNL to do the sketch. Um, rightfully so. Um, and I think in comedy, when you're gay and in comedy or part of the LGBTQ, um, plus community and you're in comedy, um, a lot of them are really good at making fun of themselves, making fun of that culture. Um, you know, and they, they, they poke fun at it because they know to to not take everything serious. Right. So, um, so they're the ones that did the sketch and it was just a funny sketch. And it was talking about how pride month is coming up. Um, and they were making fun about, you know, how the gays really view pride month you know, how there's drama, everybody's trying to be over the top and it gets annoying and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and this and that, you know, kind of making fun of that woke culture and whatnot. So, um, and it got me thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, pride is coming up. June is pride month. We're about to go through a whole month of, of every single company, uh, changing their profile picture to a rainbow. Um, and you know, and things like that highlighting, you know, gay icons and, and this, this, and that, or the other. Might be controversial to say it, but um, does anybody care? Does anybody really care about Pride Month? You know, I have some gay friends. They, they go out to do the celebrations and whatnot. Like, I see them, you know, do the, the Pride Parade and things like that. But nine times out of ten, they're making – and I see them post on social media. They're making fun – of the other gay people that are there at the pride you know a a close friend of mine he you know he's openly gay he's been out for i'm assuming many years i I mean i don't know the history of that but i remember when he would do my hair because uh you know he used to cut my hair z z i hope you're still listening you know you you would tell me like oh my god there's you know these queens are so dramatic and this this, and that you know he's always the first one to make fun of that and make fun of himself and everything you know um, and that's a lot, a lot of the gay friends that I had in high school and college, you know, and throughout the many places that I've worked, um, you know, the, the gay people always made fun of themselves and always made fun of that community. Um, you know, which again, I'm not making fun of it when I say, like, when I say, is it too much? It's not cause I'm like, oh damn, these, these king, these queens are shoving it down my throat and this, this and that. Like, no, that's fine. I'm glad you guys are prideful. Be open, be happy, be who you are. Like I said, I'm an ally. But I feel it becomes too much when the whole woke cancel culture environment gets a hold of it because I think they're the ones that ruin it for everybody. And it's the people that go, it's Pride Month. Don't forget it's Pride Month. If you don't fucking support gay people or if you don't tell me five gay people that you support right now, you're automatically canceled. You automatically are homophobic. It's those people, I think, that ruin it for fucking everybody. (laughs) Because to me, being in 2021, I think people being gay just isn't a shocker anymore. When people are coming out, oh, I'm coming out as pansexual or non-binary or this or non-that or blah, 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 transgender, you know. I'm like, okay, cool good for you. I, I think it's such a normal thing to me now. Like, but it, it's never, even as a kid, being gay was never anything like, oh, it was like, okay, you're gay. That's cool. And my parents taught me that from a very early age, that there is nothing wrong with being gay or being attracted to the same sex or loving who you love. My mom had a gay best friend, Chris Comparini, rest in peace. You know, he, he passed away not too long ago. He was like an uncle to me. Loved him to death. I mi- I still miss him. I think about him a whole lot. He was my mom's gay friend. He was my mom's gay BFF. The first, I still remember the first time when we were going to meet him, you know, my mom explained, hey, you might notice that Chris talks a little bit differently or some of his mannerisms you know, the way he acts sometimes can be. And they, you know, explaining it to a little kid, you know, my mom said, you know, hey, sometimes you may think it's girly. Well, what do you mean, mom? Well, Chris is gay, meaning that he likes other men. And sometimes gay men act a little bit more girly than you would realize a regular man would be. Okay. And not going to lie, you know, we were little kids. We didn't know no better. The first time we saw him, you know, he's doing, you know, he's doing the his wrist, where he's resting his hand, you know, in that stereotypical, you know, gay fashion. And, you know, and yeah, he had a higher pitched voice, a little bit more feminine, you know. So, yeah, it was it was silly at first, but we got used to it and we got over it. We didn't think much of it. It, it was simple as that. He likes men. Big whoop. Whatever. So, you know, and, and I appreciate my my mom, you know, and my dad, you know, approaching us in that manner, being upfront and telling us there's nothing wrong with that. Anybody can love whoever they want. And that's the same type of thing I'm going to instill in our in our children, you know, that, hey, don't judge anybody, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, respect everybody. So I'm definitely an ally, but it's I think it's really just the cancel culture that makes me roll my eyes at Pride Month because it's like, oh, here we go. Because it's, now it's like if you automatic because if you don't show support or if you don't donate to a cause, if you don't fucking – if you don't put a rainbow on your profile picture or if you don't do this, you don't do that, you're automatically a homophobe. And I'm like, God bless. And I think more gay people are like, oh, God, here we come. It's Pride Month again. Get ready for this. I think it's just drawing more attention to it than what really needs to be needed because it's just such, a, it's a new norm. It, it shouldn't be anything out of the ordinary now. And if when celebrities or if family members or people you know come out as gay or any, any type of spectrum on the LGBTQ, it, if you're still shocked by it, that says more on you than it does on them because nobody should be shocked by this type of information nowadays. It's it's nothing new. It's been going on for for generations and generations they're you know like I say they're here they're queer and they're proud you know and rightfully so everyone should be proud with who you are you know we don't discriminate over here at anybody listening we support all our viewers every single one of you you know but at the same time you know I, i i still laugh at everything i love all offensive i love you know laughing at jokes that make fun of everybody you know and the lgbtq community is not excluded from that Just like Dave Chappelle said, you know, Dave Chappelle says he's like, I don't want to write these jokes about them, but they make it so damn easy to write jokes about them. You know, so fuck it. It is what it is, right? I make fun of myself 24-7. I make fun of everything about me 24-7. I think if people just fucking made fun of themselves more, everybody, the world would be such a happier place. Because if you make fun of yourself when someone else makes fun of you, it doesn't hurt because you've heard it all before. That's how you take power away from the bullies. You hear that? Dope advice coming from David Clare. Anyway, Alrighty. So, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, pride is coming up. If you're gay, hooray. Um, but whatever, man. <laughs> that was so cheesy. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, don't be ashamed of who you are. But, um, yeah, don't force it down, you know, my throat calling me homophobic just because I don't fucking – put a rainbow filter on my next Instagram photo or okay. You don't showing, changing a profile picture doesn't do anything for any type of cause. You know, it doesn't do anything. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and take one last little break. I'm getting a little horse in my throat, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. I think we're, we're getting close to the end. So we'll be right back. lo and behold, we have reached the final segment of the podcast. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, like I said, this might not be a, be a super long episode. I felt like I rambled a lot in this episode. Like, I had some good ideas written down, and then I was like, yeah, I could say this, this, and this. And then, lo and behold, I guess, like, my lines, my lines, like, my notes didn't really hit, they hit different saying them out loud. That happens 24-7 while I'm doing this podcast where I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, I could talk about this and I could go on about this. And then as I'm talking about it and saying it, I'm like, eh, that's lame. No one cares. And I just kind of get all like, eh. Anyway, I know you guys still listen, so I appreciate it. For those that listen and laugh and whatnot, uh, thank you guys. Or if, if even – what would make, would make me super happy is like – which I've been told in the past by a, a few of you guys, which I love, um, that you're like, hey, the, like I, I like your podcast because you talk about interesting things. Um, you give an interesting view on things. So um, if you're one of those types of people, I love you. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, as we get closer and closer to the summer, um, definitely be on the lookout for uh, – for a new episodes of who cares. I got to start talking to the teach. I know he's really busy. They're finalizing uh, building their house um and getting everything ready there, but now as it gets into the summer, um new who cares episodes um will definitely start coming be coming out soon. Um probably going to be doing the new season exclusively on Anchor. Um kind of leave everything in the past on YouTube and move over the, everything to Anchor. So we'll definitely see um but like I said, uh we'll I'll probably be doing Who Cares and um, anybody listening at the same exact time because Who Cares, again, was a different type of show. That's the one where we got drunk, we got fucked up, and we talked about life, and we talked about different things. And uh, just to kind of – if you've never listened to Who Cares before, that's you know uh, kind of a different environment that I hope you guys still want to listen to. Um, again, if you guys have never heard Who Cares or listened to it, I think there's like two episodes available on Spotify. I don't remember, Um, but if you definitely go back to YouTube, you can look up Who Cares with David Clare and The Teach, and you'll find everything. I'll probably give a promo. I'll probably shout it out on the page, Um, but just be on the lookout for that. So that's going to definitely be fun. Um the the episode the crossover uh with the teach that's one of my top 5 uh, most listened to episodes. So um we'll definitely see um it, clearly it was a big hit um to be in my top 5 episodes. Um it, it, yeah it's just it's such a it's such a different in a good way element of 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 recording with the teach. It's so good. Um that's where most of you guys have probably listened to me to begin with. Um, that was my first big podcast, quote unquote, big, um, you know, so I'm I'm really excited. Um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. I love to teach with my whole heart and I'm super, super pumped, but, um, enough about that. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Like enough about uh, that other fucking show, (laughs) but moving on to some really exciting news. Um, I'm very happy to talk about this. I've only told two people. Outside of, outside of my wife, so yeah, out, no, three people, well, well, no, two people, I've only told two people about this news, um, and again, because it's family, you know, but I have received an offer for a new job, I got a new job, guys, yay, Yes, lo and behold, I got a new job. Finally, right? After so many, so many gripes and months of applying, interviewing, I finally got a job. I'm so pumped. Um, this will be the only time that I say it. So lo and behold, I will never mention it again, just like I always do. Um, but I got hired at the Frost Bank call center, uh, right here off of 151, uh, One Frost Way is the official name of it. Um... So, yeah, so um, I got hired. I just got hired this past Friday. Friday? Yeah, Friday. Um, Not going to lie, I I was really scared for a minute, man. Um, The funny thing is I was looking for a new bank. Um, I just – because I I currently bank with Chime, uh, which Chime is a cool bank. It's definitely new. It's, like, modern. It's all, you know, millennial, techie, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it's, it's been decent. Um, it it definitely came in clutch when I needed it most, but, um, the, sometimes there's small hiccups with my paychecks where I don't get my paychecks right away. And I think that's just kind of a modern, cause these banks don't have physical branches or anything like that. So it's just kind of like, uh, kinda. And then plus two, like in like ATMs, there's no ATM fees or nothing. They don't charge for ATM fees, but ATMs do charge fees. So I still get charged ATM fees. So that's why I want to look for a bank that has like their own branded ATMs or physical banks that I can go to. And I was looking at Frost and I was looking up the information for them. And then I was kind of like, oh yeah, isn't there a call center right here? And I clicked on their, you know, their careers page, went, saw that there was openings for customer service. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm looking for new jobs. I feel like I excel in customer service. Let me go ahead and apply. So, I applied. I applied like at like two in the morning or something one night, and I was like, okay, cool. And then that Friday, whenever that Friday was, then I applied. I missed the call and I got a voicemail, and but the it was like at like four fifty something. So by the time I because I went to the bathroom and I was in the living room cleaning um you know so i when i checked my phone i was like no they were already closed for the day or closed for the weekend so when i called on monday i was like hey i was like i got a call friday i missed it but i got a voicemail to call back um about possibly scheduling the interview um my name is david clare i you know it was somebody named marcella that left me a voicemail oh yeah okay let me let me see if they're available right now okay put me on hold Ah well, she's not available right now, but I left her your name and number and she'll give you a call back as soon as she can. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Never heard back from him. So I was like, son of a bitch. I was like, there goes that I was like, I didn't answer the one call. And boom, I missed my shot. I blew it completely. Well, lo and behold, they finally called me uh, not this past week because today is the 22nd what's today the twenty third today's the twenty third so they didn't call me this past week they called me they called me the week before that to set up an interview for um tuesday yeah i had my no i had my job interview monday was it monday fuck Now i don't remember anyway um i had i had the job interview this week right the first interview um with h r so it was a virtual interview. I did it through Teams uh, on, my, on my laptop. Went really smooth, went really well. Um, they asked some generic questions, you know, tell me about a time, tell me about this, blah, blah, blah. Um, let you know, tell me who you are as a person, what your background is, and this, this, and that. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. No, it was Wednesday. Wednesday was the interview. That's right. Now I remember. I don't know why it just triggered in my head right now. Um, it was Wednesday. So, yeah, so I did the interview, and they were like, okay, yeah, well, honestly, um, uh, you know, I'm very impressed with your responses. I like, you know, what you've told us or told me I want to go ahead and uh, invite you to move on to our next round of interviews. Um, the earliest that we can do it is going to be on this Friday. Are you available? And I'm like, yeah, because I, I actually took this whole past week off. Um, I took it off of my current job. um. I took it off of work, uh, because I had several interviews, uh, throughout this week with different companies and they were all, it was like every single day of the week I had a job interview. And so I was just like, that's too much. Like, I'm like, I work doesn't let me adjust my schedule. I I can't leave early or anything like that. You know, it just has to be a luck of the draw if I get to go home early. So I was like, ah, you know what? I ended up taking the whole week off. So that way I can make these interviews. So, um, yeah. So, I had that yeah, first interview Wednesday, then I had got my COVID shot Thursday. And like I said, I woke up Friday feeling super sick and I had to wake up early. I took a shower, you know, cause I'm on the, I'm on the interview, right? On teams, you know, on a, on a laptop, I had, yeah, I take a shower and do my hair and all that good stuff. And, you know, and put on, I'm still in my PJ pants and I put on a, a button up shirt and, you know, look presentable and did my interview. Um, and it was kind of interesting. I, I've never interviewed with a company like this before. Um, so it definitely caught me off guard where like the first the first 30 minutes of the interview, it was like an icebreaker thing. And you meet the other candidates that you're that you're essentially going up against. Um, definitely very interesting, a very interesting approach to that. Um, but I can't lie, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, we did the typical icebreaker where we're from, what we applied for and, uh, you know, I don't know. It wasn't an interesting fact. It was, they, they gave us some like random question that we had to answer like a little icebreaker question thing. So it was pretty cool. Um, there was, it was funny because one of the guys on there, um, in this interview, uh, he had a whole like streaming setup, like he had a fucking professional microphone. He was wearing some fucking... They looked like a Turtle Beach... Like the top-notch Turtle Beach headset. Um, And he had some... He had some Pokemon Pops in the background. And he had like a bunch of like pop culture stuff. Or nerdy anime stuff in the background. And so when they were... He was talking about himself. (laughs) He says that on the side. Like he likes to... In his downtime, he does a a little podcast for himself. And he streams on Twitch. And I was like, I knew it. Um, But... uh, course i had to give i didn't say the name of the show but i said oh yeah i was like my name is david i actually do a podcast myself um i was like i do that and the lady asked me she was like oh what do you talk about on your podcast and i was like oh you know watching porn jerking off no i'm just kidding i say that um, i was just like oh i talk good i was like it's just a small podcast i just do with me i was like i do mostly for my friends to listen um i was like nothing serious i talk about wrestling uh, sports um, movies and, uh, just kind of different things, just goofy things that pop up to my mind is really kind of the, the, the easiest way to give a synopsis of the show, the goofy things that come to mind. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. So that was pretty cool. And then after that, I, uh, interviewed with the, with the supervisor, we left that team's meeting and we went to a separate team's meeting and I met with the supervisor um, interviewed with her. It was a woman from Corpus Christi she works at the Corpus Christi uh, call center and, um, went very well, went very, very smooth. Um, she was very professional, very nice. Um, a sweet older lady, um, you know, and she goes, Hey, you know what I'm going to She was like, okay, well just go ahead and wait right here for a few minutes. And I'm going to go ahead and, um, give my notes to the hiring manager real quick. And we'll see if they want to talk to you. So I was like, okay, cool. So she left and I was just sitting here twiddling my thumbs for like 15, 20 minutes. I was like, all right. I was like, we'll see where this goes. And then, uh, you know, they said that like, Hey, hang tight. If the meeting ends, you, you know, if, if the meeting ends, we'll be in contact with you via email, but if somebody else joins, that's, it's going to be a hiring manager. So I'm like, okay, so I'm there and I'm just staring intently at the screen and I, I did so much stuff for Frost, man. I like, I, I, did all this research on the company. I was researching some random things. I even looked up like what the nearest fucking – you know, what the nearest uh, Frost Bank was to me just to make it sound all kind of cool and whatnot. I did all this research because I wanted to stand out. So <clears> – <throat> excuse me, man. I don't know why my throat is so scratchy right now. I guess because I haven't talked this much in a week. But um fucking lo and behold, bloop, bloop, two people pop up. And yeah, there it was a hiring manager and another another supervisor. And they asked some really tough questions. They really dug deep and they, you know, and they were really digging at it. Um, you know, and so in I again I felt very confident. I answered honestly, um, you know, and candidly, and talked about my resume and this, this, and that. You know, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you know, thank you." And they, they right off the bat, they were like, "Oh, we're very impressed with your answers and this, this, and that." And you know, and the the hiring manager asked me, he was like, "Oh well, do you have any questions for us?" And I've been, cause I've been doing so many interviews recently, and I've been just been like watching tic- getting TikToks about them, and I've been looking up stuff on Google, of like you know what are good like questions to ask and blah blah blah. So I think what really impressed them, at least to me. Cause I felt really cool when I asked it and I was like, so I was like, I was like, um, you know, uh, I was like the, blah, 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 now I'm blanking. Fuck. It was such a cool question. Oh, in a nutshell, I asked, I was all like, what is the typical progression timeline or the promotional timeline for a representative? And I said, I was like, you know, part of the reason why I left nationwide was I loved the company However, there was no room for me to grow. Anytime I seeked a higher opportunity or a different opportunity, even if it was a lateral move, I got no feedback. I got no progress. I was all like, and Frost seems like the kind of company that I can really grow my career with, um, you know, and definitely hit the ground running and learn a lot about the banking industry since this will be the first bank that I work for. So from a person that knows nothing about banking, hitting the floor what is a typical progression for them to get promoted or to go to different departments and like the supervisor like raised her eyebrows and she was like shaking her head like nodding her head and like writing notes and then the hiring manager was like that is a very well thought question david and he's like yeah and he told me he goes you know from you know we have a lot of new representatives that start from the ground just like you and you know he was like i we have so many departments here at frost that you can go into Whether it's, you know, just moving, progressing in the same department, like becoming a supervisor in customer service, or whether it's going to our fraud, you know, going to our, you know, debit card team, going to our collections team. He's like, there's so many teams and so many different departments that you can move to that really after about a year, once you really get a lot of, you know, stats and numbers on your resume with Frost, you can really go anywhere. He's like, really, the sky's the limit. And of course, it always comes back to you and what you put into it. I'm like, no, definitely. I was like, you know, I pride myself. And I was like, you can ask, you know, any of the supervisors that I work with that, you know, I'm always asking questions, always willing to learn, blah, 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 you know, you know, selling myself. Um, And, you know, and he he loved it. He absolutely loved it. So he was like, yeah, that was really good. I'm very impressed with your question and a lot of your responses today. And he told me, he goes, yeah, so we're going to go ahead. Um, you know, we're going to go ahead and compile all of our notes and we're going to send everything over to, you know, HR with our final decision and they should be giving you a call soon. And I'm like, okay. So boom, interview over. <sighs> I, I wanted to collapse because it took so much energy to one, even present myself because I was feeling so sick and miserable. I was sweating through my t-shirt. I felt like I got the chills. I had such a bad fever that I was just like, God, I just want to go lay down in bed and cry. I'm so in so much pain. Oh, and I can barely lift my arm. So did all of that. I fucking, like I said, I fucking crashed. So I woke up to a missed call and a voicemail from frost HR and I called her back. I was like, Hey, I was like, Hey, this is David. I was like, I'm sorry. I missed your call. And she goes, Oh no, no problem. I'm glad you called me back. Um, she goes, yeah, I want to go ahead and say that, you know, you did phenomenal today. They had nothing but positive things to say about you. And, yeah, we're going to go ahead and officially, um, you know, offer you the job. Man, I wanted to fucking cry. I was just like, oh, my God, I did it. I did it. I did it. I finally fucking did it. <laughs> um, that was a Metalocalypse song, by the way, that I just sang. Uh, But anyway, um, yeah, I was just like, fuck, yes, yes. Like, I was fist pumping because I had my phone in my left hand, which is the hand that I got the injection in. And then I was fist pumping with the right one. I was like, yes, oh my God. So yeah, so here's the nitty-ditty details. The nitty-gritty details of my new job. So I'm not going to discuss pay. That's personal. Um, But it it definitely pays a hell of a lot more than what I'm making here at CarMax right now. Um, Pays a lot more. Um, I am going to get a differential because I am going to be working nights. So, but before I get into that, um, training, it starts on June 7th. So June 7th is when I start my new job. Um, and the first six weeks are going to be Monday through Friday, eight to five. So six weeks I'll be on a regular, on a regular schedule. Like, it's like, ah Monday through Friday, eight to five. You know that the dream schedule, right? So, but after those six weeks, after I complete, if I successfully complete training, which I will knock on wood. Um, you know, but I'm ready to learn. I'm going to take so many notes. I'm ready to hit this. I'm giving it everything I got. Um, my production schedule I don't know what they're going to call it over here, but typically in a call center, it's called a production schedule. After you get out of training, the regular schedule that you work. Uh, my production schedule I'm going to be working 2 to 11, 2 p.m., to 11 p.m., and um, I will be off on Mondays and Fridays. Mondays and Fridays. You heard it here full. You heard it here full, First gentleman and lady, because I only I only have six percent demographic. That's a woman, so I don't know who the one woman is. It though. And let me say this because I know Eric and Chanel. You listen together, but I'm assuming you guys listen under Eric's profile. Um, but if you don't, if Chanel, if it's your profile that you listen to, you're like the the only woman, <laughs> technically wise, that listens to the show um, under their account. But anyway. But ladies and gentlemen, yes, 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. I will be working a night shift. Is it the most ideal schedule? No. Is it manageable? Fuck yes, especially for me because this job is going to be half work from home, half work in the office. It's not even a five-minute drive to get over to the call center from my current apartment. It's literally right across the highway. Just got to go boop, boop, and I'm right there so close very close um they offered me a couple different uh 'cause cuz it's two days off a week obviously it's a full time you know 40 hours a week um they offered me a couple different uh days off but i was like none of them none of them were together it was like monday monday and wednesday or wednesday and friday like it was it was nothing really like consecutive so i just thought like typically i was all like Hey, you know what? Mondays, in my experience, Mondays are always the busiest days in call centers because whether a call center is open on the weekend or not, everybody assumes call centers are closed on the weekends. So everybody calls in on Monday. That's usually the busiest days. Um, and Fridays are typically chill, but hey, being off on a Friday, that's pretty cool, right? Um, you know, that's pretty cool. And plus two, Saturday, you know, I go in at 2 p.m. I can, you know, stay up late on Friday night, you know, have some fun and whatnot. And, you know, and I can sleep in on Saturday and go in at 2. So, um, yeah, so getting off at 11 p.m., you know, isn't the best time to get off. But I'm sure after a while, um, you know, there'll, you know, like every call center has shift bids every now and then. And, you know, the possibility of me changing my schedule after a while um, is definitely there. So, it's not It's not the end of the world to me. I mean, if I work, like, if the call center was, like, 30 minutes away, then definitely, yeah, that would be like, oh, man, like, I won't get home till 1130. You know, shit, my lunchtime is going to be during, you know, all the traffic and everything. Everything's going to be, you know, packed and take forever to get to go to lunch. But, no, if I'm going to be working from home, dinner time. let's see, four hours, you know, four hours after 2, 6 o'clock. Six o'clock, seven o'clock on a, you know on a very late day, my lunch is going to be right around dinner time. Leslie gets off of work at five p.m., so you know if I'm working from home, Leslie gets off. I'm working when it's time when it's getting close for me to go to lunch. Leslie could be making dinner. Boom, clock out for lunch. I'm already eating my dinner. I'm eating my lunch. Then I could go lay down on the bed. I could watch TV. I'm at home. I can have the TV on at a very low volume and see what's going on. You know, I could stay in touch there. And then as soon as I log off, boop, boop, I could go straight to bed. Boom, boom, win-win situation. Yeah, it does stink because, you know, um, the one benefit of CarMax is, you know, CarMax closes at 9. 9 o'clock isn't super late, but... Um, you know, that, you uh, gives kind of some wiggle room to do something. Um, kind of the trend has been, you know, that me and the guys that play magic, we've been trying to do it on Wednesday nights. That's usually kind of when all of us are available because everyone's off the next day on that Thursday. So we, that's why we usually play till like two, three in the morning. Um, and we have so much fun doing that. And it, and it really is, you know, I'm glad that I have this hobby cause I love playing that. I don't have any video games. I don't have, uh, you know, a lot of extracurricular things to do. Uh, magic is really the only hobby, the only thing that I play. Um, so that's what's really fun for me to do. Um, but, I mean, I got six weeks, right? I still got plenty of time before, uh, you know, I I hit that. And even at that, it, you know, it's two weeks. I don't start this job for two weeks. So technically I have eight weeks. I have two months, give or take, um, you know, to still kind of enjoy... The pre uh, midnight hour, the pre uh, graveyard shift. Nah, it's not a graveyard shift. Um, But yeah, I mean it's cool. Um, Plus two, you know, I'm they 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 offer benefits. I get to enroll in benefits right away from day one, uh, which your boy has not been insured for a long time, which is very scary. It's not the smart thing to do. Um, So yeah, so I definitely need to hop on that. I'm very excited for it. I have no choice. I have to get medical, dental, and vision. Um, I need it all and a 401k plan going to contribute to that to be an adult. So, um, I'm very excited. Um, I ask, I ask of you, um, to not put, po- not that you guys would anyway. Um, but don't post anything on social media uh don't don't congratulate me publicly on social media um even at that you guys don't feel obliged to like message me hey man congrats i feel the love i feel it uh, i'm not trying to sound like a dick or like i'm ungrateful or anything like that um but just don't post anything um like i said a lot of this kind of stuff a lot of exciting news and personal news i'm only going to share on the podcast Um, because I feel, you know, I, I bear my heart and soul out on this podcast. I, I tell you guys everything. I'm an open book and I feel like, you know what? If you really are my friend, if you really want to listen to what I have to say and get to know me and listen to me and hear me vent and hear me rant and rave, then I feel like only you guys should be, should be the ones to know this information. Um, I gave not a so subtle hint. Um, it was kind of really out of if any if – for a normal person that doesn't listen to the sh- – not even if you listen to the show, I posted a gif of Michael Jordan hugging and crying the championship trophy, the Larry O'Brien trophy. The Larry O'Brien? Is it Larry O'Brien? I don't know. Who fucking cares? Um, you know, uh, of him holding the championship trophy. I posted that as soon as I got off the phone – uh with HR after I accepted the job offer cuz I felt like this is me winning a championship you know what I mean like I I made it to the pinnacle I made it not comparing myself to Michael Jordan cuz I'm definitely not a superior athlete but the way I look at it and it's kind of funny because the last dance um you know just kind of just watching it you know in this process or whatever Um, you know, LeBron and LeBron James, excuse me, sorry, sorry, Michael, you know, MJ, he did phenomenal, you know, when he was in college and growing up and went on high school and college to me, in my eyes, I did phenomenal when I was working at Qualphone, when I was working at nationwide, I was on top of the game, man. I was on top of the world. I felt like a champion. I had amazing stats. I had amazing quality. I knew what I was doing. I was good at what I was doing. You know, and I was like, yeah, I do want to be the best. I do want to get all the recognition. I do want everything. You know, I felt on top of the world. Boom. Then I get drafted to, then I get drafted to the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I go to taskus mm-hmm. Met some cool teammates, had some cool teammates. Um, you know, teammates that I'm going to know for the rest of my career, rest of my life. Uh, You know, but it wasn't the best, it wasn't the best few years coming into, uh, you know, and that's how I feel, you know, kind of bouncing from job to job. That, that was my early Chicago Bull time, pre-91, you know, ah, oh, damn it, not really doing anything, not really making any headway, giving it my all, doing the best of what I could do with the position that I got, but knew I was destined for greatness, knew I could do better. So, I really feel like this is me entering my my three peat this is me entering the ninety one chicago bulls you know um, and I feel very excited about it I'm very positive I've been in such a good mood um you know since since finding out, and I can't wait you know um my parents are very happy Leslie was very happy um you know it's It's going to, like I said, it pays a lot better, um, which I'm excited for because there's just a lot of stuff that I still need to catch up on that I got to fix ASAP, um, you know, for Leslie and I's future um, that this, you know, we want to get a house. We want to have kids. And I feel like, yeah, man, this is this is the spot. This is a spot. Plus they're the official bank of the San Antonio Spurs. That's fucking cool, man. That's super fucking dope. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Um, so thank you guys. I feel the congratulations from, you know, from the sound waves of your heart. I feel them. I'm connected to them. Thank you. Um, I definitely want to do like a barbecue or something and I don't want to make it like about me. I don't want to be like, Oh, this is my celebratory barbecue. Everybody should come. Um, but you know, I feel like there is something to celebrate, you know, like I'm just, I'm happy. I want to celebrate that I'm happy. Um, you know, and I want to go swimming, I want to have some drinks, I want to party, I want to listen to, you know, good music, um, you know, so I know Memorial Day weekend is coming up, so blah, that's kind of, uh, bad timing on that, plus the weather has still just been so shitty, so, we'll see, I want to plan something soon, um, if I invite you guys, I hope you guys can come, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens, I definitely want to do something nice, um, you know, just to kind of recognize my hard work. (laughs) <laughs> just kidding but anyway but now is the awkward part now is the part because i'm in a dilemma guys i'm in a dilemma and i don't know what to do because one yeah i'm oh I leaving a job is always an awkward thing and uh ha 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 oh you should be good at it by now ha 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 very funny um because CarMax has been really cool. Uh, yes, I'm saying it. They're like, oh, what? I mean, obviously, I'm not going to be there for much longer, so I don't really care. But it, it came at a time when I absolutely had no other option. And it sounds like a negative way of thinking, but it's like, no, like, like damn, CarMax, yes. Like, I'll do anything at CarMax right now because I need a consistent paycheck. I need a steady job, um, you know, so because DoorDash can be so fickle at times. So I accepted it, boom, came in. But I knew what I was getting into, right? I knew it was part-time. I knew it was $13 an hour, which wasn't gonna be a lot of money, but it was better than nothing. It was a guaranteed like four something, a paycheck. So, but it's just like the way I got into it and I started when it was freezing. I started the week of the freeze. My first day was Wednesday and then it, you know, and then it was started snowing that Sunday. So that Sunday night at midnight or whatever. So I started right before the snowstorm and I got a, I got a whole free week off because it, it was snowing and the store was closed that whole week. Um, but you know, but I came in and it was still super cold. It was still super chilly outside. Um, and it started warming up gradually, but it still felt nice. But now we're getting into the summer months where it's just fucking excruciatingly hot. So yeah, that's brutal. Um and and that's just like I like I've said a million times already. You know, it's like if I was actually doing something in the hot hot sun, actually doing something worthwhile, then yeah, I would have suckered up and knuckled down and dealt dealt with it. But I don't know nothing about cars. I'm I'm just completely car illiterate. I, I don't know how to do nothing. the The way these people talk to me and ask me questions and stuff, I'm like, dude, I have no idea. What's wrong with this car? Uh, it, it says this. Well, have you guys looked at this, blah, blah, blah. And they try to like weasel their way to see if they can know the price and blah, blah, blah and how much they spent. And I'm like, God, dude, I don't know. Like I have uh, supposedly the techs look at every single car in this auction. I, I have no idea how they have the time. I'm always out here doing nothing, just staring at these cars. And I never see the technicians working on these cars. I do not know. <laughs> like, I don't know how to answer your questions. Um, it's just not, it's not the right specific position for me, I should say at the CarMax company. Um, it's not a bad company. It's just not the right position for me. Um, if there was a sales position open or if there was a position in the business office, um, you know, where that's pretty much the customer service job of CarMax. Yeah, I definitely would apply for that, but I just applied for, you know, what was open. Um, you know, cause it was one of those articles on Facebook that was like, oh, these are the companies hiring in San Antonio. And I saw like, oh, I like CarMax boom applied. Um, so really not a whole lot of thought went into it, but yeah, so now we're just going to be the weird, like, Hey, so I accepted a job and you know, I'm going to put in my two weeks, exactly two weeks from today. Um, you know, so my last day will be next Friday. So yeah, it it definitely going to be very weird. Um, but I'm mostly afraid because it never fails, and you hear it all the time, and it's happened to me twice. Anytime you put in your two weeks, the company, oh, well, thank you. Here's here's your exit interview. We're going to go ahead and knock that out right now. You're free to go. You can go ahead and clock out, leave your badge, and leave your stuff here. Oh, Okay. You know, and I, and that's what and that's what sucks because then you hear those stories all the time. You see them on TikTok, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever the case is, you hear about it all the time where you put in your two weeks and the company is like, oh, thanks for letting us know. We're going to go ahead and try to fill that position right now. You're fired. Get out of here. And they kick you out. They kick you out. They kick you to the curb. Happened at Nationwide. That's the most recent, you know, uh, where, I, where I put in my two weeks and, you know, let them know about it. You know, I fucking, I, I was just like, hey, yeah, you know, I told, you know, I, I told my boss that, hey, you know, I, I got a new job. I'm going to be moving elsewhere and, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put in my two weeks. She told me, oh, well, go ahead and, uh, you know, and email me because then I have to, you know, move it to my manager and this is now. Okay, no problem. Sent a little, you know, a small little formal email. Sent the email within an hour, I, my schedule updated, um, you know, and I got, they scheduled me a meeting, a, a 20 minute meeting. So I was like, oh, okay, what's this? And it was my exit interview. And the, the manager told me straight up like, oh yeah, today's gonna be your last day. And I was all like, oh, okay. And she told me like what the process was and that, you know, um, when, when I'm clocking out, when I'm leaving for the day, uh, my boss, my supervisor, Denise, uh, she was gonna escort me out take my badge, you know, so that way, not that I was going to steal nothing or cause a scene or nothing, but just so that way, you know, they walk me out, I in my badge and this, this and that. So I was all like, oh, okay. Which one, I always think that's a mistake if you do the exit interview in the middle of the day, because then that's just going to give no incentive for that employee to do any work at all. And that's literally what happened. I did the exit interview and I was just like, oh well shit, well I guess I'm not gonna be working these two weeks. I guess I'm at like I guess I'm done. So fuck it. So I just fucking I would take a call every like 30 minutes, like one call every 30 minutes, and I was transferring people and I was just like, yeah, and I was just dicking around. Fucking played ping-pong all day, like I just like fuck it. And my boss didn't care. My boss didn't agree with the, the whole like oh well here's your exit interview, goodbye. Like, she thought it was kind of lame, so she didn't really care too much, but then it was kind of like, she's like, hey, I was like, yeah, you know what, Denise, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take off, and so she was like, okay, yeah, no problem, I figured, and I was like, yeah, so, said goodbye to the team, or at least the people that I liked, um, you know, and I was just like, all right, deuces, I mean, I I was willing to work for the next two weeks, but I guess not, right? <laughs> Fucking, she walked me out, had my hugs, said my goodbyes, and phew, I was out of there. Um, same thing happened when I worked at QualPhone. Um, you know when I actually got hired to work at Nationwide. You know, I went told my supervisor, "Hey, I'm putting in my two weeks." Okay, they did my. Uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to do your exit interview this Friday, and that's going to be your last day." And I'm like, "What? I don't even get the full two weeks. This is some bullshit." So, yeah, I did my exit interview and um on that Friday. Um, a couple days. At least they gave me a couple days. Um, you know to work the rest of the week you know, and, um, did my exit interview. I went back on the phones and I was just putting customers on hold and had them on hold for like 30, 40 minutes. And you seeing how long they would wait until they hung up. And I was just dicking around talking to my friends and Leslie and I had bought tickets to go see power Rangers. And I was all like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go see power Rangers. And I fucking, you know, I was like, Hey, I'm leaving. I'm clocking out and I'm out of here. You know, what are they going to do? Fire me, you know? And, um, so yeah, so it, it's just really strange. I don't know, don't know what to do. I'm very, I'm very torn as far as what I should do. I'm probably not going to say anything right away. Oh, excuse me. I'm probably not going to say anything right away. I'll probably say something like uh, towards the end of my shift, just to kind of gauge what they're doing. Um, Leslie says she doesn't think Carmax would be that kind of company to kick me out right away. I'm fifty-fifty, I don't know. I mean I work for a, a prestigious insurance provider and they fucking they, they gave me the boot right away, you know, so I don't know. You know, um but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, it's just it's so crazy that sometimes they just don't acknowledge two week notices. But anyway, um whatever happens, happens. Um either way, I'm not mad about it. I got there's always DoorDash. I ain't tripping. Um you know, but in worst case scenario, I could always pull the mommy daddy card, which is very embarrassing. But anyway. So yeah, lo and behold, um that's pretty much all I got. At the time of recording this episode, um the show is at six hundred and eighty-four plays. We're you know, we're so close to hitting seven hundred. Um I cannot wait till we hit that. It's probably gonna break seven hundred after this episode gets views, obviously um since now i'm averaging about almost you know 30 plays an episode so yeah right and i was looking at it i have 8 episodes that are either at 30 or 30 plus my number one episode like i said is the my bad episode and it has 37 streams it has 37 plays oh no no uh the wanna be a baller episode number 9 wanna be a baller is my number one listen to episode at 37 plays which is crazy. I don't know why that particular episode is the most listened to one. Again, I'm assuming it would be the hate one, but though just that's just because the hate episodes are my favorite. But um I don't know, that's pretty cool. And then I have several, I have like like nine or ten that are almost at thirty plays. Um I do have a couple ones that are even below twenty. I have a few episodes that are that are pretty, pretty low um on the on the stream scale, but whatever. So the live stream the live stream for um me drinking the shot of alcohol the shot of mango habanero whiskey that i know eric and chanel are dying for me to do i don't know about anybody else if anybody else is pretty interested um so initially i said i was going to do this live stream next sunday I was going to do it and I was probably I was going to do it on both Twitch and Facebook on the Facebook page on Facebook Live Um, Don't know what I'm going to initially do. I might just keep it Facebook, but who knows? Um, So now because next Sunday we are going to double or nothing at uh, at the movie theaters So I'm going to say next Saturday Question mark I don't know. We'll see. We'll see now. I got to kind of reconfigure when I wanted to do this because I was going to plan my whole fucking Sunday around taking that shot because, again, I'm just – I'm scared to do it. I'm, I'm mentally afraid to do this fucking shot. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, but be on the lookout for that. Um, at the time of recording this, I posted a brutal bits of the cartoon Metalocalypse. I just rewatched that um, but more about that there on that episode. Um and also I'm going to be doing a brutal bits of the new Zack Snyder movie, Army of the Dead. That one I watch. I've already watched it, but uh, I don't know. I think I need to give it a second watch. I got to give it a second chance. Uh, cause right off the bat, I'm not super into it. So I'll rewatch it and kind of see more, pay more attention. But be on the lookout for that one. Probably the first Brutal Bits that's not going to have a high score or a high review. So we'll be on the lookout, guys. So anyway, it's about to be midnight. It's 11.59 p.m. Sunday night. I got to go to bed. Um, I've been off for a whole week, and now I got to wake up early. So I definitely have to adjust. Thank you guys so much for everything that you do for the show, for listening, for supporting. Um, Again, as a reminder... Um you can set up monthly donations through a program called Anchor Support where you the fans, uh the listeners, can set up uh set up either a 99 cent, a $4.99, or a $9.99 monthly donation to support me directly as your podcast host. So the, sh- the money goes directly to the show. Um if you guys want to do that, you're more than welcome to. Again, not required. Don't expect you guys to do it. Only if you want to show some love. But either way, I love you guys. Just You show me love by sharing and listening to the show. So thank you guys. Have a great week. I love you. Talk to you again soon.